When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Genetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Which horseman finally got his kid a match on Dynamite? It's not the one you think. When is Dynamite returning to Wednesday nights? And how long has it been since we've done this bit? The answer to these questions and much, much more this week on The Rundown. It's Tuesday, you know what that means. It's episode 86, as in 86, this fucking podcast of the the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. It's the AEW Rundown. Oh, Lord, do we have to, so? Wow, you turned on this product pretty quick. This? This? mm -hmm. But we just had Double or Nothing, and Double or Nothing wasn't that bad! (laughs) Look, I I, I am convinced. I am convinced that all of these pre taped Friday Night Dynamites are what they are, but we have four special events in July. Are you saying these are not canon? I'm saying these are are no effort given. Mm. Uh, My name is Adam. I'm your host, Alice here. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? I'm ready. I'm here tonight. I'm ready to podcast and talk and bitch about AEW on a fucking Tuesday night, which that's just the start of it. It's my kid's uh, last day at kindergarten tomorrow. This whole time, your child has been... um, in kindergarten? I thought he was in first grade. He's six, isn't no, he? No, kinder, kindergarten. Kindergarten. Uh, and he turned six in November. So See, when I was growing up, the cutoff just, was the end of the year, not the beginning of the school year. That's why I got led into the class of 2000. That's why I was like one of the youngest people. Yeah. No, no. The cutoff is like, it's kind of like September or October, something like that. I think that's stupid. No, because now he's like one of the oldest kids in his class, isn't he? Yeah, but I've read that that's actually not a bad thing. Mm. Because as he as he grows older and as he goes into the higher grades and moves on to things like uh, extracurricular activities, being more uh, developed will give him an advantage in such things as sport. Oh, so oh. you're saying he's going to pick on all the little kids in basketball. Not, not what I said. <laughs> I never said... You said pick on because you were the asshole child. I never said pick on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We are live on Twitch, on Adam's Twitch channel, The Salzer Effect. Is that what it's called? Art. At The Salzer Effect. Effect. The Salzer Effect. Is that like the Raven Effect? It, <laughs> it, uh, it came from a joke that I made on my live journal. Oh, my. Nobody um, knows what that is in this chat. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and um, I, I recently, well, not recently, uh, I, I actually finally, uh, probably six, eight, ten months ago at this point, got around to setting my live journal to delete. Um, because uh, I, I went back and read parts of it, mm-hmm. and good God, good God, was I a whiny motherfucker. <laughs> so, was? We. we I had to. You would have, you would have done it to me. <laughs> so um, yeah, we don't need to get into the backstory of what the souls or effect originally meant, because uh, again, it was just me being a fucking bitch. But it uh, it became a it became a thing. So here we are. Nice. It's uh, it's almost a brand at this point. If I had any kind of redeeming uh, marketable qualities about myself, what? You have tons of marketable qualities. Speaking of marketable, and <laughs> this reminds me because of your background, um, we've been me, me and my middle daughter, who um, enjoys a lot of the same things I do, such as Marvel and Legos. Uh, we've been watching Lego Masters, the second yeah, season. season two came back. I have I have not watched any of the second season yet. Oh, it's good, man. I mean, it's it's you know it's your typical Lego Masters, but I like it. I like Chris Arnett. Aren't Chris Arnett? Will Chris Arnett? Will Arnett? Will, Will Will Arnett? Jesus Christ! I'm a little bit riddled tonight, and I apologize. Uh, tonight, uh, but um, yes, Will Will is great. He was the voice of Batman in the Lego Batman movie, which I found hilarious, by the way. My kid, uh, I watched season one. And the first the first episode that my kid saw with me was the one where they built the models and then they blew them up with explosives. Okay. So so every other episode of that we watched, my kid was just waiting for the part where they would blow the models up with explosives. For, and I had to tell him, sake. no, that was just that that was just that one episode though. They're not gonna do that every time. It still amazes me that any person who is a Lego builder at their core is a builder and a creator. So to have their like creations blown up, it's got to be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? A little bit j- jarring. Like, can you imagine if somebody blew up your, your little Nintendo back there? Just well, pieces everywhere. But also, there's a cash prize and fame and prestige at stake for one team for the other yeah. 11 you got jack shit well they still got they still, they still get fame true there's an old couple there I felt bad for they went home yesterday and spoilers I, I mean I didn't say who <laughs> yeah but now I'm gonna know oh fuck there's the old couple that's gets eliminated in episode 3 oh really you're gonna remember what I just said in the next 5 minutes who are you? <laughs> oh, look, a butterfly. Anyway, 
I think that's like a bumper sticker for like every, you know, ADHD fucking meme. Anyway. Yeah, we were we were talking about this before we before we started recording when we were live on Twitch. This that the way the way my brain works is I will think of something to put on my to do list, and I will think, oh, for instance, today I was doing laundry, and I had the laundry in the washer, and I needed to put it in the dryer, and I thought to myself, okay, put that on the to do list. Never made it on the list. To the point where I was streaming this afternoon, and I paused to run upstairs and grab something to drink and talk to my dad, and it came finally came back downstairs. It was probably the third or fourth time that I had thought of it, mm-hmm. and went, "Oh shit, I need to put the laundry in the dryer." And then uh, we were talking about something else, and it made me think of a uh, fucking Billy Joel song. So here we are. Uh, here's a fun little uh, story. Okay. When I was uh, 24, I believe, 24, 25. Um, Low those many moons ago. Yes. I, I lived in a three-family house, um, and I rented the apartment on the first floor. Okay? But um, one of the reasons I, I chose to live there, because this was the first time I had moved out on my own, was... Um, all utilities included, and they had a a shared washer and dryer down in the basement. So I didn't have to drag my clothes to just, the laundromat. Just the one? Or three families? Yes. Okay. Now, mind you, I only lived there with my girlfriend at the time. There was a single mother on the second floor with her son. And then the third floor actually became vacant shortly after I moved in. They, you know, they found a better place somewhere else. So it was really only two families. But this lady on the second floor, you know, bless her heart, um, she used to <laughs> she used to wash her clothes and then they would just sit there in the wash for like days. Ew. To the point where went so then I couldn't fucking use it. So like where she constantly smelled of mildew. I was going to say, and then she had to rewash it as soon as she discovered it, because they were there for three days sitting in fucking mold. So, yeah, I started just going to the laundromat at that point. I was like, I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun, too, because I used to have, like, a laundry bag. And it, I, remember, I remember the laundry bag from college. Oh, my God. Fucking, it's, it's like, seven foot long and yep. full of clothes. It weighs about 365 pounds. Yep. <laughs> you try to sling that thing over your shoulder and walk across campus. I got it. And then you get there next fuck quarters, god damn it, and you gotta walk all the way back. Well luckily they had a they had a, a bill changer at the laundromat that I went to. Um Man, the fuck. I used to have to sit there and wait for my laundry before smartphones were a thing. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Holy shit. Yeah, luckily, at the, the first college that I went to, the, yes, back in the old days of actually using quarters, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the first the first college that I went to, the, the laundry room was in the basement of the what they called the college center. So you could just go upstairs and watch TV and get a sandwich and check your mail. 
Uh, and then the second college, it was in the basement of the dorm. So you just had to go downstairs and do your laundry and then go back upstairs and hang out in your room for an hour or whatever. Uh, KT says, good morning to everyone except what culture wrestling? The only people who gobble Cody Cock harder than you is Alvarez and he shall not be named. Uh, Astro, just to remind us how old we are, Astro says, uh, oh, back in the old days of actually using quarters, most colleges use their student IDs like a debit card anymore. Wait, what? They use their yeah, student the, IDs like a debit card? Yeah, that makes sense. When I at one of the one of the apartment buildings that we lived in, it was it was you you bought a you bought a card for the laundry. You, you basically, but mm-hmm. you put the cash in the machine and pushed your card in and out and loaded the, the money onto the car and then you used mm-hmm. the card in the washers and dryers. No, f- granted, I didn't live in a dorm and and I did know people that did that had something similar. But um, what did that get charged to? Or what does that get charged to? Does that get charged to a debit card on file? Or do you have to have cash to, to load up on the I card? Can, I can send you a picture if that would answer questions for you, she says. Maybe later. We uh, have, no, the uh, reason the ahead. reason I'm asking is because if if my daughter goes to college and she links up my debit card, <laughs> I'm not gonna be happy. I had to do a lot of laundry. Uh your student account. Which again is not a thing that we had. Um all right, we've spent, uh, what, 20 minutes talking about laundry now? Uh, <laughs> that's that's I mean, how this week has been on AEW. I mean, it's, it's better than what we're about to talk about, but... Uh... Not by much. All right. So shall we get started, then? <sighs> he seems so excited. We're going to begin with BTE this week. We understand that it came out after the Dynamite we're going to talk about, but it was inconsequential, so... Trust me, you want us to start with this, not finish with it. BTE episode 260, entitled... You broke my face! You broke my face! I broke my face! We begin with Hollywood trivia, my favorite segment. I quit. I quit. I... Goodbye. Mm. Nope, contractually obligated. This time, Dolph Light has found himself a dinosaur. He asked Luchasaurus a stupid question about who played the lifeguard in the, the recent Xfinity commercial starring Amy Poehler. Hunky lifeguard. Hunky lifeguard. <laughs> all of Luchasaurus... I hate it too, buddy. All of Luchasaurus's guesses are actors who appeared in dinosaur movies. Guess what? This segment still sucks. Oh, yeah. He guesses Nick Cannon as his final guess, so Dolph Light messes up his chess game. Astro says, is it the same trivia question three times in one bit? It might as well be. It might as well be the same trivia question. It's it's a different scene, like who played the ice cream man in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. First of all, he's never played any of these roles, so he's a liar. Okay, He has. He has. He has? Yeah. He was in the new Pee Wee movie? It's on his IMDb. Ah, fuck. Well, he still sucks. What kind of fucking second-rate... Um, background actor has to have a bit where he brings up his movies that nobody fucking knew he was in. Alright? So there. Uh, so then we get the open. You know, your favorite part. Segment one, the Bucks are backstage. Bringing old bits back from the grave. I like old bits. Sometimes old bits are fun. Can we, can somebody clip that sound clip, please? I'm going to need to use it in the future. 
Uh, the Bucks are backstage contemplating helping Kenny in his Impact title match against Moose. First of all, I didn't know that this already happened, but apparently it already happened. Uh, shockingly, they help him retain the Impact title with a couple of super kicks, a BTE trigger, and an assisted one-winged angel. Uh, They're at Daly's place. Yes, that was the was gimmick. The, so the whole pay-per-view wasn't at Daly's place? Nope. Okay. So because... Okay, this is this is really going to sound stupid, but it's Impact. Okay, so keep that in mind. Tony Khan made the match on Impact, and he forced Kenny to defend the title at Daly's place against Moose. Because I think Kenny was, like, bragging, like, I don't have to do shit. No one's going to fucking force me to do anything. And then Tony Khan's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll make you do it at Daly's place. And it was stupid. Also, the yeah. Bucks in this segment acted like, oh, my God, we're making our Impact return. Granted, I get it. It's going to be shown on the Impact pay-per-view. But it's at Daly's place. <laughs> yeah, and they, they how long ago did they tape that? Uh, I would assume this week. <laughs> well... I don't think it's aired yet. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, no, the pay-per-view was last Saturday. Oh, last Saturday. Okay. Um, As in... Four days ago. So, are you kind of surprised that he did which it? Is why just... they put this, which is why they put this footage in this week's BTE after recording it. Probably three weeks ago when they recorded the match. But anyways, go ahead. Are you surprised that Kenny retained the Impact title? Like, didn't you think like he would just like have it for a little bit and then give it right back? Like, I don't see why Impact would want their world title on somebody who's not with the company. I believe you answered your question about two minutes ago when you said... It's impact. Okay. Um, KT says, the sad thing is Dolph Light is currently on screen more than Dolph Regular, which in itself is still too much screen time for either of them. This is true. Very true. So, after the match, who should show up? Adam, who shows up after Kenny wins the match? Oh, my God. It's the best baby face in the business, Sammy Callahan. I, 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 was, mm. I was digging in my brain just now for his NXT name, and I completely blanked on it, so I couldn't do the joke that I wanted to do. His name was Solomon Crow. Solomon Crow, that's right. That's what it was. What was the joke? Just that you were going to say, well, who shows up? It was going to be Solomon Crow. <laughs> um, dude, okay, I know you don't watch Impact, and you haven't, but Sammy Callahan is a piece of shit. Yes. Because why would you? But Sammy Callahan is a piece of shit in real life, and speaking of, speaking of breaking faces, he oh, yes, he almost broke uh, Eddie Edwards' face, like literally broke his face with a baseball bat to his to his fucking orbital bone. So, and he didn't pull it; he legit hit him with a fucking bat in the face, and then was like, was... "To all you marks out there, too bad I hit Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat." All right, Nick Cage, relax. So, Sammy clears the ring, uh, and then the Elite just leave. So that's the next feud, Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Sammy, Sammy Callahan, by the way, who looks a lot more shittier than when he was Solomon Crow in NXT. <laughs> but he looks like a hobo, and not because it's his gimmick like Sami Zayn. <laughs> <clears throat> I hate Sammy Callahan. Anyway, <laughs> segment two, Cutler's shining up the title belt 
while Nick Jackson makes Back to the Future references. Adam, you know that movie was 40 years ago at this point, right? This sucks! Uh, yeah, he calls him Biff. Nobody fucking cares. Uh, then they throw their shoes at Cutler so he can shine those two. Also, no one cares. Only made worse when Matt calls him Brandon and Nick goes, No, his name is Biff, Biff for, for this the bit. bit. It's Biff for this bit, man. Hey, Biff! Did you, sh- did you put two coats, Biff? Nick Jackson's George McFly, by the way. Atrocious. Um, trick shots with Nick Jackson. Nick impresses his four-year-old daughter by going off the rim of one basket before going into the other. Mind you, the basketball net is one of those arcade hoops that they have at Chuck E. Cheese, but if Nick can impress his kid, good for him. Nick is a dick to his children. Yeah. Why was he a dick to his children? I was. He made the shot, she and she went, went, oh, my God, or something. She went, yay, Daddy, and he went, shush. Oh, did he shush her? I and didn't even hear that part. Before he stared into the camera. I saw him stare. I didn't know he shushed her. Oh, what a dick. What a fucking dick. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the Bucks bitch, they have to do a photo oh shoot. Oh, my fucking God. To which I wrote, and this was literally the whole segment, Wah, it's hot out, and we have leather jackets with fur. <laughs> Did this make you want to stab yourself in the head? Because it made me want to stab myself in the head. Speaking of whiny little bitches... Um, Speaking of stabbing yourself in the head... They say that Kenny's back hurts, and because of this, they call him Hickenbottom. He's the Hickenbottom. It makes a weird face. I was going to say Kenny is not amused. So this is uh, this is this is from before Dynamite. Yeah. In which then they specifically say, "Brandon, you're in the match," and Brandon goes, "Yeah, I got cleared." Then why the fuck was he wearing the mask on Dynamite? Ah, I thought the same thing. I did think the same thing. But he was cleared to wrestle. Okay. Even like in the NBA, Horace Grant used to wear the mask because he's more likely to get a broken nose if he doesn't because it's already been broken once. So technically that that's, you know. Horace Grant. Yeah, I went back to Horace Grant. That's right. That's a, that's a name that I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> well, you know why uh, I even remember that is because that was, of the... That was, um, that was back when I actually vaguely knew who NBA players were. Well, and now they're I barely know who they are. And I watch. Um, no. The only reason I even remember that is because they did the last dance during the pandemic on um, that, on ESPN+. That, Plus. that that football player that Troy was talking about in chat and in, in the host. Thread. Let's not even go there because it's it's it, you're gonna you're not. Mm, I don't think we the should only, talk about it. <laughs> the only thing I thought of was the the key and peel bit. Okay. The, the, the east the east west tournament and they're naming off all the players. Now let's all of ridiculous names. Action waxing flaxing Jackson. Ball State. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything about those football players that Troy named, by the way. Um, okay, so then we get then we get to the photo shoot. Wait, wait, wait! Before the photo shoot, okay. they talk about the six man, and they tell Cutler that tonight's his big night. And like you said, Cutler's excited because he got medically cleared, and hopefully Penta doesn't break his face again. And then Kenny 
Which is foreshadowing. For Kenny is a, is a... You talk about Nick Jackson being a dick to his kids. Well, Kenny is a fucking dick to Cutler. Because he starts threatening him that you better cheat again. You're going to cheat again because you'll do anything for your family, right? Right? Yeah? Yeah, you better do anything for your family. Yeah. Are you... Yeah. You like are, that new house, are, don't you? <laughs> are you intimating that Brandon Cutler is Kenny Omega's child? Uh, no, that's his, his bitch. Um... Yeah, and then the Bucks join in. They're like threatening to bankrupt Cutler's family. I mean, doesn't he have two contracts? That <laughs> the bit he's a two contract Cutler. Who cares if they terminate one? Cares. Yeah, but they bully Brandon, man. Anyway. Okay, okay, we don't have time for that. Come on. They arrive at the photo shoot, and Matt is sad because he has to drink Coke Zero again. Because he needs caffeine to get through this shit. Funny enough, I need a lobotomy to get through this shit! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> we then go to highlights of the six-man tag. More on that later. We'll talk about that uh, when we talk about Dynamite. They, hang on. Uh, they make all the stupid faces in the world. Like Just the dumbest fucking faces you could possibly make during this photo shoot. And they said earlier that this was for Rampage. Yeah. Which debuts in August. Yep. And they were filming things, so presumably they were filming things for the opening sequence of Rampage. Right. They were wearing their title belts. So, mm -hmm. we can, and, and they were in a warehouse, so we can put, we can string the facts together here and figure out that the Bucks will still be tag champs in August and that the opening to Rampage will be a uh, takeoff on the opening to Rise War. Continue. Well, I, I don't know about the Raw's War thing. I mean, I think we'll have to see first. They were, they were in a warehouse. I understand where they took the photo shoot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the background's going to be. They could green screen it. Maybe they just need there the There was no green screen, Sal. They were in a warehouse. How do you know how tight the shot was? Okay, maybe it's literally just them from the waist up with the belts. Sal, then why would they be in a warehouse? And not in a fucking photo studio I, where it's air-conditioned. and Because they needed the shots oh, outside. No, no. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're an idiot. He said we're going to be outside today. Sal does not know how green screens work. Okay. No, no. You don't. You completely missed the fact that Nick bitched that they were going to be outside. So they were outside doing the photo shoot. All right. You didn't watch the fucking show then. Okay. Go. I mean, <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> I didn't like it, and I kind of was looking at my phone 90% of the time, but, you know, I yes, did watch it. And they were in the warehouse. Uh, Andy, thank you for the raid. Hey. Welcome, friends. What's up? Uh, and let's thank see you for here. your six-month three-step. I appreciate you, friend. All right. So, like I said, we'll talk about the six-man when we get to Dynamite. Um, <laughs> Astro, Astro says, favorite quote from Sal. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> They're gonna Bobby make fun. They're gonna do a play on Raw is War. Wah. Also, you're somewhat surprised that the Bucks are keeping the titles till August. I'm sorry. When is all in? Oh, not surprised. Complaining. Wait, when is all in? I don't remember. It's like September 5th, right? So you thought the Bucks were gonna lose the tag titles before the pay per view? I just hate them as the thing. <sighs> Hey, I got a surprise for you. Bobby Lashley's probably on the SummerSlam fucking video with the world title, too. Just throwing that out there. 
I don't hate Bobby Lashley. <sighs> Point is, he ain't losing to Drew this Sunday. Anyway. Oh, yeah, there's a pay-per-view this Sunday. Oh, you would never know. Uh, we, I don't. I, we, I don't we go to the wing. Ma- there's too many. There is. I still haven't watched fully watched the NXT one. We go to the wingmen. Don't forget about squats. Uh, well, okay. The only thing we'll say about the six man is Brandon does squats as punishment. Again, more on that when we talk about dynamite. Yeah. We go to the wingmen. Once again, we get gay jokes about Peter blowing Caesar Bologna. I put Bologna. I put Bologna. <laughs> but it autocorrected to Bologna, and I left it there. As you, as you absolutely should. This is so fucking. Sal, mm-hmm. it's it's fucking Pride Month. Yes, it is. And we're and and it's and it's 2021, and we're right. still doing. <laughs> he was sucking his dick jokes. <sighs> and I fucking okay. I fucking can't. I fucking can't. It's. It's exactly what they used to do with Billy and Chuck. Am I wrong? They would put them in these situations where you couldn't see what they were doing, and they would make it sound like they were doing things to each other, and then it was like something PG. Like, oh, no, we're just playing cards or something. 20 years ago. Right. No, no, no. I not disagree. That was more 15. But still, I am, well, when was it? 04, 03, something like that. 02? 18, 18 years ago. Okay. No, 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 no. Billy and Chuck's child can vote, okay? It was not okay then. It was not okay then, okay? It was very (laughs) offensive then. It is still very offensive now. And he says, that's wrestling. I play cards very loudly and erotically. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So the bit, by the way, uh, it's funny because they're eating sushi, you see. So that's why Caesar keeps saying, just put it in your mouth. Don't spit it out. Uh, we can. Cesar Bononi is feeding. I keep almost please, saying Peter please. Gabriel. Peter Avalon. Cesar Bologna. Cesar Bologna. Cesar Bologna. <laughs> Caesar Bologna is feeding Peter Abaddon sushi because Peter Abaddon can't do chopsticks, apparently. Mm-hmm. But also, Cesar Bologna is shoving the sushi down his throat and making him choke. Yep. Well, it, hit the, it hit the back of my throat, so I start choking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then I put, we continue with the innuendo even after we find out it was sushi. I want to throw him out the window. Because they try to do, they try to force Dolph Light, and he's like, I don't know, it's so big. It's really big. I don't know if I can. That's what we're doing. That's what they have for content now on this fucking YouTube show. Okay. To make matters worse, I don't know how this could, episode could ever get any worse. Um, uh, next up, it's the BTE championship. You know, the one that we just got back. Remember when John Silver had that championship and it was a ton of fucking fun every week and the segments were actually kind of funny? Remember? Remember? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, this week, Cutler defends the title against Marco. Marco stunt, by the way. Marco fucking stunt. And he challenges Cutler to a game of, we'll call it, EVP locker room hoops. Same basket that Kenny was shooting the balls into is the one that they will be using for this challenge. Adam. 
I understand oh. that basketball isn't all about height, but when you have more than a foot on your opponent, you should not lose as badly as Cutler did here. <laughs> it was best that it was you know they would each get ten shots. Yeah, Marco only made three. Yeah. Cutler made one and they cut him off after eight or nine because he couldn't win at that point. I think it was nine. The ninth shot, they cut him off once he missed it. Brandon Cutler just lost the BT championship to Marco fucking Stunt. Mm-hmm. After that, we see Cutler's doing more squats. Yeah, you better. You fucking jabroni. Now, this seems like a good enough point as any, because usually, and, and KT can vouch for this, usually this is when we will talk about the Dark Order segment on BT, right? You better do a lot more squats for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, let's talk about the Dark Order segment for this week. Let me go back in our text so I can look at the uh, the tweet. Mm. Sorry, not the picture of John Silver sitting on a giant penis. Um, here we go. Alex, that's uh, I'm not joking, by the way. That's a thing. Alex Reynolds tweeted, So there was supposed to be a Dark Order bit on BTE today, but someone accidentally filmed it in slow motion with no audio. He may also have a broken face, so I guess he gets a pass. No, no fucking pass. You texted that to me after I had already watched this episode, and I got so mad because my instant reaction was, then fucking refilm it. No, you're doing that thing again you. where you're I'm looking not, at the wrong screen. I'm not showing you, I'm showing Twitch, even though this, this is probably going to be banned on Twitch. But I was going to say, go. you're going to get yourself banned. You're going to get your channel fucking banned, dude. It's not a it's not a real penis. Right, but it's, I mean, I don't think you could show a cartoon one either, like... You know what? I'll delete them. It I'll was, delete the thought. It was fun while it lasted. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get an email. Oh, remember that time you got kicked out of the wrestling group because you you asked them who deader than Canyon? <laughs> Speaking of live journal. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. So, uh, final finally to finish this BTE off, uh, we hear chaos as the Bucks beat the shit out of Pack. Did you did you skip the other trick shot? Know that <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that actually happened after the Bucks beat the shit out of them. Or did it happen before? It happened before? Uh, it was BTE title, squats, trick shots. Okay. <laughs> this time, with the daughter going, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, we do the exact and, same bit with the exact same trick shot. And Nick Jackson, Nick Jackson not going, shut up. Yeah. Nick Jackson impressed his daughter at Chuck E. Cheese again. That was nice. I say Chuck E. Cheese, but it's like their basement, but, you know. But he did it with both hands, and they both went in the hoops. Wow. Just how does he do it? Anyway. I just saw myself on camera doing, is he, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Like I said, chaos. Young Bucks beat the shit out of Pac. Cutler shows up late. They yell at him for not filming the beatdown. And then they're like, you know, we took out fucking Moxley, we took out Phoenix, and now we took out Pac. 
And Cutler, you can hear Cutler being like, Oh, guys, this isn't even fun anymore. And they yell at him, and they yell at him, and they yell at him. And the episode ends. You're supposed to follow, supposed to film everything we do. Where were you? Yeah. Less said about that episode, the better. Can we move on? Taking deep cleansing breaths, Mm -hmm. because I wrote this desk down for a reason. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna yell Sal just backing away from his computer you're gonna yell aren't you <laughs> Nameth box 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 cutler Nameth cutler cutler box box fuck you no 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 Peter Avalon was in there that was the second Nameth <laughs> fuck's sake but Cesar Baloney. <laughs> there, I made that, easy. That, <laughs> that typo is the only redeeming part of this episode of BTE. It's true. <sighs> okay. So now we're going to go back in time. We're going to go to Friday, June oh, that's, 11th. That's a different show, so. Oh, we haven't done that that's show a different. Uh, yeah, because we have to keep doing fucking AEW on Tuesdays. Ah, Yes. I teased at the begin at the beginning of this episode when No? Is it in your news? Okay, fine. What? Oh. Well, they talked about it here. No, they I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm talking about when Dynamite goes back to I was Wednesdays. Making, I was making fun of the way you said beginning. Oh. Um It better be before fucking July. No, it's not. It June twenty sixth is Saturday night dynamite. Yeah. The one where Kenny fights Jungle Boy. Yeah. So, June 27th, so June 30th, I think they're back. I think. So basically July. I think they're back, because I'm not 100% sure, because those four special episodes of of, um, Dynamite all have July dates, so I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so it could be July 7th, which is my birthday. We don't know yet. We don't 100% know. We think it's June 30th is the day they come back. Because playoffs are done by then. So. (laughs) We only have... The good news is, we only have two more weeks of this fucking midnight bullshit. You think. (laughs) Dina Mite, episode 89. We open with a shot of the Pinnacles limo. Poor, poorly applied hood, hood logo and all. I thought that was did the NWO. Did the same person that put that that put on that hood sticker put on the applique on the back of Dustin's outfit that one time? Oh, remember that time and it kept falling off and he kept getting mad. <laughs> Do you remember that time that you just referenced in your notes? You remember that? Uh, anyway, I just won't acknowledge the your jokes. It's fine. Yeah. That's the joke that I was making. <laughs> I know, but I just wanted to bring up how Dustin got so mad at it. Anyway, they walk into the building. JR says business is about to pick up, and the opening video plays. Is it, though? Is it really, though? JR welcomes us absolutely not live from Jacksonville, and Matt Hardy and <laughs> TH2 are already in the ring. Matt says Christian has been jealous of him for years because of how much more money he's made. <laughs> uh, <or> his associate. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the fuck? For that years, Christian. Good. For years. Really, Matt? You were like fired for like a good like two years, or no, like twelve when you combine them all. <laughs> uh, now his associate and Helico is going to end Christian's career. Matt then quotes Tiger King. <laughs> He said, hello, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, no, he didn't. Enter Christian Cage. During uh, Christian's entrance, we get replays from the Casino Battle Royal and last week's tag match and Matt Hardy attacking him afterwards. Uh, the bell rings and we circle, and Helico, of course, already there because of the promo. Christian takes the head and gets the takeover, and Helico transitions to the wrist. Christian reverses it, and Helico takes it back and drags Christian to the mat. Christian does not seem to know how to take on Helico's offense. Like, it's too quick for him. They move too fast for this old man. Helico offers a knee for some reason. He wanted to have Christian sit down and tell him a story. I don't know. Uh, so Christian slaps him and throws him into the corner. We get a 10 punch. Then Christian goes up top. It gets caught. Turned to the mat by his arm. And Helico continues working the left arm. Christian fights back with some fists to the gut. But And Helico throws him into the corner. This gets a two count as Tony promises something big later tonight for Horseman fans. Really? <laughs> hey, like I said, which Horseman finally gets their kid to have a match on Dynamite? <laughs> More on that. It's coming up. It's Paul Roma. And Alico remains firmly in control. And of course, as soon as I type that, Christian starts with the, with the strikes. Mm -hmm. Christian comes off the buckles, but gets caught. He fights out of the submission, but gets kicked in the shoulder. And Alico then locks in a weird-looking arm lock. Later tonight, Cody will make a big announcement as Christian finally makes the ropes. And Alico with some strikes in the corner. He puts Christian up on top. Christian fights out. Nails a reverse DDT tornado style. Off the ropes, Christian hits a shoulder block and a drop kick from the corner. This gets two count. How do you know we're not live and there's no crowd? Because we're back to pandemic stage. I I don't think there's no crowd, dude. They can still have people at Daily's Place. There's no crowd for the taped episode, so it's just the extras. I don't know about that. Why there's wouldn't they have a crowd there at this point? Because they're filming at fucking, like, midnight, one in the morning. Mm. Two in the morning. Three in the morning. Uh, but yes, they're back to the two entrances and the ramp and all that. Aesthetically, it looks better. Uh, no, Asher, you cannot. Uh, uh, Christian snaps in Helico's neck across the top rope and comes off the top of the murder-suicide. This gets a two-count. And Helico goes back to the shoulder. He lays Christian's hand on the bottom rope and goes up up top to jump on the arm because obviously Christian will just lay there and wait, but he doesn't, and the upkick gets a two-count. Uh, they fight for the Irish whip, somehow collide heads in the middle of the ring. They crawl to opposite corners, and Helico charges. Christian moves, hits the pendulum kick, and then comes off the buckles with the diving uppercut. Christian nails a kill switch, and that's the end of that. Uh, Jack Evans immediately hits the ring to miss an elaborate kick. This distraction allows Matt Hardy to hit a twist of fate in the middle of the ring. Uh, and Helico lays the boots in. Hardy goes for his famous submission hold called the leech. A jungle boy makes the save. First of all, it's appropriately named. Yeah, but Excalibur <laughs> calling it out like that was anything we'd ever heard before, ever. Maybe he does it. Maybe he's done it for the past six months on Dark. We wouldn't know. <laughs> and neither would the rest of your families. <sighs> uh, um, okay, so... If I wanted to watch random people fight each other for no reason with no storyline, I'd watch Ring of Honor. <laughs> you can't 
never mind. Yes, I can. <laughs> and I just did. Um, yeah, man, I don't care. Look, it wasn't a terrible match, but it wasn't anything that I cared about. I don't... I, yeah, the fuck do all. I care? And all this shit with Matt... I mean, okay. On one hand, you know, AW, what the fuck are you doing? You're putting on a feud that was popular 15 years ago on your cable television program, okay, in 2021. But then this week on Raw, Jeff Hardy fought John Morrison, and I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's not that much different, right? That match was better, by the way. Astro says, don't act like AEW is any better. We waited for a Sting storyline for three months. Oh, we're not acting like AEW nope. is better than anything. Nope. That's what I mean. Like, they, they, at this point, all these fucking companies do it. Um, but it doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> so, I don't care about Christian Cage and Matt Hardy. That's the last person I wanted Christian Cage associated with when he came in here. Matt fucking Hardy. Ugh. Blah. And the thing is, 15 years ago, Matt Hardy was decent. Yeah, he will not die. This Matt Hardy sucks ass. 15 years ago, I, Matt Hardy was still my second favorite Hardy, for the record. <laughs> true. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you remember when your best friend, who used to be your brother, but now just your best friend, stole my girlfriend? <laughs> we run down tonight's card. Up next, Cody's announcement. Also up next, the six-man tag. So apparently those are going to happen at the same time. Let's go to break. They did. They used back. the up next graphic twice. They always do. When they come back, ADR Excalibur plugs tickets for all four July shows, which are all special episodes. Fun. And Tony's in the ring. Tony yes. says we'll have uh, a... Wait, wait, wait. What are the special episodes? Did you write them down? July 7th is Road Rager. <laughs> July, July 7th is um, fucking Mad Max wannabe night. Yeah. Uh, July 14th, I don't remember. Oh, July 14th uh, was Fighter Fest night one. I thought that was the 21st and the 28th. Was the two fighter fest? The two fighter fests were the last two. Were they? Because I thought that yeah. the two fighter fests were in the middle, and then fight for the fallen was the last one. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> was it fight for the fallen? Was the other one? Anyway, yep. so yeah, we've got we get uh, AEW Roadhead, we get fight for the fallen, <laughs> we get uh, fighter fest. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Astro, exactly. If everything's special, nothing's special. That's the new AEW motto. Yes. Yep. Let's see. Somebody who doesn't even watch wrestling can pick that up. Yeah, every every fucking episode because they're back on the road. Just for the record, I was correct. You were wrong. July seventh is Road Rager, even though it has the same graphics as Miami Vice Night. Um, Fighter Fest yeah, Night they, One, July fourteenth. Yeah, but, but they can't they can't use Bash at the Beach anymore, or whatever the fuck they tried to do last year. I think it was just Vice City Night, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's Grand Theft Auto. Fighter Fest Night 2 is July 21st, and Fight for the Fallen, which got as a very suspicious fist as the logo, is July 28th. Get fisted at Fight for the Fallen. Yes. Tickets on sale now. Please, please, please buy them. Oh, Road Rager is in Miami, so yes, it is the exact same thing they did before with the palm trees and all that other bullshit. Yeah, because Florida. 
Uh, fuck was I? Oh, we came okay. back from commercial and we were talking about Dynamite's road schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just had to find which sentence I was on. Yes, all four uh, of those episodes will be on the road, by the way. They will not yeah, be yes. at Daly's place. Back to the touring. Back to live touring. A whole, what, week and a half before WWE? I don't care. Fucking. So, so they win, motherfuckers! Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Tony is in the ring. He says, we'll have a debut next week. Aaron Solo and QT Marshall, because he's a bad guy now, versus Cody Rhodes. And whoa, whoa, Dynamite. whoa. Oh, no. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Let's talk about the Four Horsemen, because remember, remember, they premise this with, if you're a fan of the Horsemen, you're going to like the way you look. The way you look I, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is it I, is it the child of Ric Flair that's getting a match on Dynamite? <laughs> no, not even the one who doesn't wrestle. Damn, we're not getting Reed Flair on Dynamite, <sighs> dude. David, sorry, David. <laughs> My God, I went with the wrong one. You did. You went with the wrong. I was thinking of the Look, other daughter. I wasn't even thinking of the fuck. There's dude. another daughter. There is. He has four. He no has idea. four children. He has two daughters had and no. had two sons. I meant David. I'm an asshole. Oh but, man. Fucking Jan Ross all over again. What, that what, wasn't me. Wait a minute. Wait that a minute. Just... Wait a minute. Surely this is going to be the debut of the daughter of Tully Blanchard, the diamond herself, Tessa Blanchard. Am I correct? That's the Horseman's it's, child. That's it's getting... not. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, then, then, I mean, did Lex Luger have a son who got into wrestling? What the fuck's going on here? Who is it, Adam? I think that you almost still stole my Paul Roma joke from earlier. <laughs> it's Brock Anderson. It's Brock I, Anderson. I would like to mention so, he paused after the word Brock purposely. So making his dynamite debut, Brock Anderson. <laughs> you didn't hear what I said. So um, Cody's big announcement. Yep. Was made by Tony. Yep. And Cody's yep. big announcement is that he's teaming with Arn's son. Now, because nepotism. We we joked about this. Mm-hmm. That one time they showed Brock in the crowd. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I believe we said something to the effect of like, oh, he'll be teaming with Cody soon and going over like top talent or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brock Anderson, who looks exactly like his father. Very much. Uh, so in the sense that he's probably 24, but looks 45. Yeah. And, and uh, always will. I don't get this. Why am I happy about a rookie debuting on their A show on TV? Why am I even caring? Is this going to be as bad as when Jade debuted? I was going to say, it worked for Jade Cargill. <laughs> Did it, though? I mean, it works now, but... Brock Brock Anderson doesn't say bitch that loudly. I don't think he can... Uh... More on that later. <laughs> Cody enters by himself from his special little spot in the middle of the stage and then waves Arn and Brock in from the tunnel. What a fucking prank. You know what I understand about Cody's entrance? You know how they do the whole, like, holier-than-thou music before it actually kicks into the song? He comes out during that. Shouldn't he not come out until the song kicks on? 
Like you didn't react. You didn't. You didn't react to the QAnon version of that song I sent you on text message. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I was. Uh, I was kind of sad. Adrenochrome in their holes. Hillary won't get patrol. Parole. Everything I know I learned from you. Whoa. Oh, see now what when you sing it now I hear it. Okay. I didn't. Uh, to- <laughs> Tony repeats what he just said. Mm-hmm. Cody then makes promises Brock's ass can't keep. Yep. Basically saying 100%. that Brock Anderson. Basically saying that Brock Anderson is the best goddamn professional wrestler on the face of the fucking planet, thanks to his genetics. Cody I'm says sure that'll pan out well next week. Cody says Brock wasn't just born on third base. He's going to steal home plate and hit a home run every time out. Okay, so if this guy isn't the second coming of, like, fucking um, uh, Amazing Red, I don't think he's going to live up to the billing. (laughs) Unlike Cody's wife, who married into third base and thought she had a triple. Um, He is quickly interrupted by QT Marshall, who says he beat Cody all by himself last week. QT calls Brock a vanity project. And I hate that QT Marshall is speaking for me. QT challenges Cody to a South Beach strap match on my birthday so we can get his ass kicked in front of a crowd. Happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. Cody says, let's do this right now. They remove their belts. QT belts Arn. Brock takes QT down. Referees appear, and that's the end of that. QT Yay. belts Arn and then run. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, okay. A South Beach strap match. Some people may or may not know. It's probably not the first strap match in South Beach, although I would assume the first one in a wrestling ring. Anyway, explain to me this. Why? Um, so Cody and QT are going to have to get in the ring, and then the referee is going to have to put the strap on each of their wrists. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question? Um I'll recycle a joke from Nitro Man. I don't give a shit. Right. So, Brock Anderson's actually QT's son, right? Like, that's the gimmick? Oh, <laughs> Where the hell is... Oh, fuck. What's, uh, what's Arn's wife's name? Shit. Oh, I don't I'm remember. Completely... Fuck. Genie? Was it Genie? Where the fuck is Genie? Whatever her name is. <laughs> what is this strap batch? Uh, take, a, take a really long belt and put it uh, around each performer's wrist... And then, depending on whose rules you follow, it's either pinfall or submission, or you have to touch all four corners. Uh, either way, it's uh, it's it sucks. They also whip each other, but they're not wearing leather. Just throwing that out there. Bano, nano, nano. Now, there was a team back in the day called Demolition. Ah, never mind. We won't even talk about that. Here comes the Dax. <laughs> Here comes the Casher. Uh... We got a footage of last week's tag title match to set up tonight. Six man, and here we go with that. Yes. Pack, Penta, and Eddie Kingston versus the Elite. Brandon Cutler, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Now, before we even get started, we have one of those earlier today videos where, um, Kingston is talking 
to Penta and trying to convince him that he's not a shitbag. He was just kidding that one time. <laughs> and Pac walks over. Oh, was that Pac? I thought that was Jesus. <laughs> he looked, he really looked like fucking Jack Jesus. He did. Uh, Pac walks over, doesn't want to give a fucking shit what Eddie Kingston says, and is like, let's go. So this he is walk over. He just stood there the entire time, looking <laughs> fucking mad, because that's how Pack do. Yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, so this is starting off great already. I'm sure, these two, these two, I'm sure Eddie Kingston and Pack won't have any problems at all. Uh, Pack and Matt Jackson start. The bastard sends Jackson staggering. Uh, hmm? First spot of the match, and I'm fucking annoyed already. Matt takes a punch and sells towards Pac's corner to take two more yes. by just wobbly arm running over into the other corner. Yes. Well, okay, so he sold his punch. He oversold it, kind of like Shawn Michaels used to. Actually, there's a spot on one of the Survivor Series that I did where Michaels does the exact same thing. He staggers to the corner, and then he gets popped by all four members of the uh, the bad guys, which was Razor Ramon's team. Um, I'm a bad guy. Duh. So, let's see here. Now you made me lose my place. Uh, then, uh, Matt tags in Cutler. Oh, so, uh, what? Cutler's gonna take the pin? Who'd have thunk? Uh, Pack beats the shit out of Cutler. Tags in Penta. Specifically not Kingston. He, like, looked at Eddie Kingston and was yeah. like, No. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, Penta hits a missile drop kick to the taint. <laughs> That's a broken coccyx, is what that was. Yeah, it was a drop kick right up the ass. Uh, I think you got two toes in, JR. <laughs> Eddie Kingston then gets tagged in. He hits a snapmare, a shitty snapmare, into a double stomp. They keep working Brandon over. Shockingly, I know. Is what I wrote. So I guess Brandon's nose is okay. Yeah. Then the match breaks down and the Bucks clear the ring. Kingston throws a chair in the ring and we go to break. It's chaos, I tell you, chaos. Weren't they supposed to have a six man title at this point by now? Isn't that what Tony Khan said? Because I we think that's ever specifically been said. I thought Tony Khan said that in an interview or Nick Jackson or somebody. Um but I mean, just because they have a six-man match every week doesn't mean I need a six-man division. Although they have so many people at this point, I guess. For, up, 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 up. I believe you mean trios. Trios, of course, because they stole that from Ring of Honor and from um, AAA. Oh, and AAA affiliate, Lucha Underground, when they actually did have a trios championship. Anyway, I'm going off on an old man tangent because nobody knows what Lucha Underground is anymore. Uh, let's see here. Back from commercial, the Bucks have Pack isolated, but he back body drops Nick to the floor and then boosts Matt in, uh, boots Matt in the face. Matt gets him in the corner, Tornado DDT blocked! The Bastard goes for the tag. Uh, and on, <laughs> much to his unlike, you know, Chagrin, I guess you could say. Uh, Pack tags in Kingston. <gasps> oh my God. 
Kingston comes in and does the worst clean house spot I've ever seen. <laughs> he does like a shitty belly to belly suplex on Matt Jackson, and then takes way lo- way too long to do an exploder to Nick, and then he tags right out. You know why? Because he's probably blown up. <laughs> Penta hits a diving cross bo- cross body. Um. Cutler comes in. He accidentally gets super kicked. Accidentally, quote unquote. Uh, and then Penta hits a. I put a flipping pile driver on Matt. It wasn't a code red, right? Or was it a code red? Something. I like don't that. remember. Uh, There's too many moves. I watched this last night. And I don't remember. <laughs> uh, we get a kick to Nick's leg. Penta goes off the ropes. Brandon trips him, and Nick hits Cutler. With a penalty kick off the apron. Nick hits Cutler. No, no. Penta no, hit. Nick hit Cutler. No, yeah. no, Nick did hit Cutler. Okay. Nick hit Cutler. Uh, we get a backstabber from Penta. And then a package... No, not the package pile driver. It's like the... the fuck is it? It's like almost like a Michinoku driver, but he packages you up. You know what I mean? You know, he picks you up, he grabs your package, he drives you down with him. Uh, Brandon breaks it up. And then Pack and Penta work over Matt. Eddie Kingston blasts Cutler off the apron. And let's see here. Trading shots with Nick. We get a whip. We get a duck lariat, rebound lariat from Nick Jackson. Penta with a kick to the gut. An arm drag. A step up tope con hero to the outside. Then Pat goes off the top and hits a 450 splash into the okay. brutalizer. Yes. Not uh, not Matt and Pack literally just waiting in place for their spot to come following the stuff with Cutler, Kingston, Nick, and Penta. Yeah. Seriously, Matt was just laying on the canvas. Pack was just sitting on the top rope. And then right before the tope, Matt went, scooch, scoochy, scoochy, scooch. In the place of the 450. So, the thing is, I found Pax selling more egregious because he's just on the corner. He's not even, like, doubled over. He's just sitting on the turnbuckle being, like, waiting. Also, Cutler took that double super kick Mm -hmm. and recovered him incredibly quickly. You mean he no-sold it? For a double for a double super kick from the young bucks. That's true. That because true. he was there within like ninety seconds to get that PK on the outside. That's true. Also, right before there was this spot right before that, uh that that it made me laugh out loud. It was Pack and Cutler in the ring, and Pack does something and then basically just ragdolls Cutler into the corner so that one of the bucks can tag him. Yes. And I, I laughed out loud, just huh. Actually, that could be. <laughs> we did see signs of that during this match. That Pack versus Cutler could be fun because Pack will kill him, <laughs> and Cutler will run like he's like, going to die. <laughs> like, le- like legit though, not like best friends on BT. Right. Uh. So after the 450, for some it's reason, so Pac out of context applies... at this point, based on the conversation. But Astro's last comment in the chat was, "Ugh, sounds like a high crotch." Um. When Pack hit the 450, I thought he would cover him. But he goes into the Brutalizer. 
Yeah, it was the same spot from uh, Double or Nothing, except it was the 450 instead of the Black Arrow. Black Arrow. Yes. He should just pin after. Anyway. Uh, Nick Jackson comes in and kicks Pack in the face, and Pack goes, Give it to me again! I don't even care! <laughs> The bastard refuses to let go. Uh, let's see here. Eddie Kingston comes in, hits an insiguri, Pack breaks the hold, Eddie asks him to work together, and they, for some reason, go off the ropes and do stereo dives, even though Kingston looks like he completely wasn't in sync with Pack. Uh, another another moment that I laughed out loud. They do the, they do the double tope, and Kingston goes... And gives the double thumbs up to Pack after the tope. Oh, I fucking laughed. That out was loud. funny. That was funny. Uh, uh, Astro, Astro, with the clarification. Apparently, the high crotch is a uh, is an amateur wrestling move. Ah. Uh, Matt with a schoolboy and a handful of trunks, but Pack kicks out. Uh, we get some kicks back and forth. Nick Nick cuts him off with an insiguri, setting him up for a corner corner buckle bomb. And Matt and Cutler hit the double inseguris. Well, well, Matt hits an inseguri and Cutler throws go. himself, throws his leg up in the direction. Cutler whiffed completely. Yeah, that used to be a oh. spot that Kenny and the Bucks did. I had a comment. I had a comment that I missed on BTE that from from the BTE title spot. Okay. I need uh, I need one of those massage guns that Matt was using. Yes. I uh, need one so bad. <laughs> Uh, so anyway. then, okay. They tag, for some reason, <laughs> Nick then tags out to Cutler. And Excalibur, or Don Callis, one of them says something like, this is your moment, kid. I'm like, yeah, okay. I guarantee you that was Callis. <laughs> this is this is Brandon's big moment. Totally uh, Brandon comically does a springboard elbow drop to the mat. He tried. Was a, he tried the froggy bow? Pack moved like ten minutes ago. Brandon was like in the air, and Pack was like on the other side. <laughs> we know he's not a smart. He's not a smart man. No. Uh, then uh, <laughs> his nose wasn't already broken. Kingston hits the spinning back fist to the fucking Cutler, and Pack covers and the Death Triangle, and Eddie Kingston win. The, the death straight, the death straight line. The Kingston. death line in Kingston. Your thoughts? Thank, thank you for calling death line. Um, I mean, dude, Eddie was, Kingston and and Pack work together. No, they, no, they, it had its it had its good it had good it had good parts. It had bad parts. It was a match that everybody knew the finish of going into. Um. No, not necessarily. I didn't think we'd get a spinning back fist to end it. I thought we'd get a black hair. No, I thought we'd get the brutalizer and Cutler screaming like a girl. What I meant was we all knew that Brandon Cutler was taking the pin. Yes, 100%. Uh, That's why he was in this match. <laughs> but yeah, then what happened immediately after? Uh, it's like literally as soon as the bell rings, the Bucks uh, jump in and just attack everybody. And the Good oh, Brothers the- come down. The Bucks immediately get the upper hand and don't show any weakness whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Well, because Brandon's the one who looked weak. He took the pin. Bucks were fine. Um, 
Yeah, here I comes would, uh, here comes Gallows and Anderson. Your favorite people. <laughs> uh, but no, but no. Who comes out but the elite hunter himself? And I'm already sick of this gimmick. Zero. See, I disagree. Okay. I like Kazarian here, and I like the look. I like the new look. The look is good. I like the hoodie and the camo pants. It is at this point, and I will, I would, I will screen share with you on Skype if I didn't think it would screw up OBS. It is at this point in my notes that I write next week: Pack Kenta Kingston Kazarian versus Bucks and Brothers. Funny you mentioned so, that because it's at this point I also said, "Oh, they're going to turn this into an eight-man now. Great." Yeah. So what? Every fucking week we're just going to add another person on each side. Yeah. Week after that's going to be Kenny and fucking Jungle Boy. <laughs> until, until we get to fucking AEW Roadhead and it's a fucking twelve on twelve. Wait. I was kidding when I said Kenny and Jungle Boy, but that's actually what they're going to do, right? The week before they fight. <laughs> Fuck. June 30th, yep. that's what they're going to do. They're going to do a 10-man fucking tag. Well, that'll be after they fight for the title. But... <sighs> no. Oh, because it's... Ju- oh, all right, so... Uh, okay, maybe we avoid it then. Maybe we don't get the 10-man tag. <laughs> or even worse, after after Omega beats Jungle Boy, we do that thing they used to do on Raw, where <laughs> let's do a fucking 10-man tag on the next episode. <sighs> God almighty. It's all it's all building to the entire face locker room versus the entire heel locker room. Okay, I don't hate um, Frankie's gimmick of the Elite Hunter, but I hate that it's the Good Brothers at this point, and they don't do anything. Like, there's no... Like, he doesn't have a match with Carl Anderson. He doesn't... You know what I mean? Like He does now! <sighs> so, mm. remember how last week Don Callis promised to blow the lid off this conspiracy? So we go to a special video package brought to us by Don Callis and the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. And in this package, we show highlights of the triple threat between Kenny Pack and Orange Cassidy, but we focus specifically on when Cassidy had Omega pinned and Callus ran down and pulled, was it Bryce? Bryce out of the ring? But in this video, well, we hear some, some new, it's like a director's cut. We don't hear. We read. We read the audio, the transcript of apparently what um, Bryce is saying to Callis, which is something along the lines of, I hate Kenny Omega. I want you guys to lose, or some bullshit like that. (laughs) I kind of chuckled at the fake closed captions. (laughs) But then that was it? Yeah. We kind of never brought it up again. I mean, yeah, like, I, I think like, Tony oh, mentioned it on commentary, and no, okay. Tony mentioned it when Callis came out later, and Callis just ignored it. No, like, good God, like, like that. <laughs> I was expecting something, but why wouldn't you run with that? Why wouldn't you be like, "See, he's a crooked referee," like, and then have him come out and be like, "Kenny, I don't have any problem with you," and then have Kenny just punch him in the face? I don't know. I feel like they taped the segment for last week's. And then they made this video, and somebody watched it and went, oh, shit, this is dumb. 
Well, we already told him we'd air it, so. Yeah, just air it. No, we'll talk about it. <laughs> just put this in the never mention it again. I'm not sure if I missed something here, but after the break, the Pinnacle make their way to the ring? Yep. Okay. So Dax Harwood gets on the mic, because he's the one you want talking. Uh, he says they. he admits that they lost a match that wasn't designed for them. I don't think a stadium stampede is really designed for anybody. It's a fucking 10-man street fight. Do you know what I mean? In various parts of a football stadium. Uh, But he says Santana... There was a story this week. I didn't put it in the news. But I was reading it, and supposedly there were talks to get uh, X go and give it to you for the uh, part in the... Jaguars in the, in the Jacksonville club scene with the uh, X-Lax and FDR. And I, I read that and then I sat here and thought to myself, okay, but that wouldn't have made it better. Still would have been fucking stupid. So they, they do put over Santana and Ortiz, Dax does, and says they gave him one hell of a fight. Uh, and then he says, you know, maybe we're not so different after all. <laughs> it sounded like a cheesy closer for like a fucking 50s buddy cop movie. <laughs> uh, he says they both came from nothing but made something of themselves. But he says that Santana and Ortiz lost their edge. No, that was Christian. What's... Sorry, what, what was that? I can't I can't hear you over the uh, fucking fake crowd noise. Yeah. They um I was I actually had that somewhere in my notes, maybe a little bit later. Um you Holy fuck, they fucking they fucking You could barely hear MJF at the end of this. They're sweetening the audio and then there's just dumping audio on top of audio. <laughs> like that doesn't make it better because we nobody sounds like that. <laughs> you could, it just sounds like a like, dub over. It's like they're trying to like yeah. block something out. They didn't. They, they had the they they didn't move the slider for the for the for the crowd noise. They just kept it all the way up. And you, like I said, you could barely hear MJF during his promo at the end of this bed. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Then Sean Spears calls out Sammy. And he says he's a glorified indie wrestler. <laughs> KT says, I preferred the crowd noise over FTR speaking. You have a Tully. Use the Tully. <laughs> he's right. We, we we have a Tully. Um, And then this gets even weirder because um, Wardlow claims that he brings out the best in Jake Hager. And I'm like, when? We haven't seen that. Jake Hager's been awful. <laughs> uh-huh. You know I bring out the best in you. Do we? <laughs> the best. The best. Oh, God. The best. Stop it. The best of you. Uh, he says, now you want me to step into your comfort zone because you know you can't beat me in the ring. So I accept. So you call him out. Because he's a bitch who can only kick people in the nights and uh, in the nuts, not in the nights. Inside, kick him in the nights. <laughs> in, inside of a uh, MMA <laughs> octagon thing, right? But yet you accept the challenge anyway because you've ever fought in the MMA before. 
Yeah. Cody says, however, props to Dax for trying to get that Pornhub sponsorship with that dirty porn mustache. You owe our, our follower an apology. You just called mm -hmm. him Cody. No. Yes, you did. I can. Re yes, you did. I'm going to fucking isolate that and I'm going to put it at the beginning of this episode. You called him Cody. Okay, fine. Don't apologize. Be a dickhead. Maybe Astro's right. <laughs> Reed Flair. Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Hey, Jake Hager's going to find out. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when. If you stand across the ring from Mr. Mayhem, you're always in Wardlow's world. Wait, from the, from the insurance Dean Winters from the insurance commercials? <laughs> Uh, and then MJF says that he's fucking tired of doing this. And so are we. Uh he talks about yeah. how he talks about how he used to how he used to idolize Jericho, but he idolized a false god who was just like everyone else and not even remotely on his level. Uh I will say MJF was the best part of this promo. Yeah. Still wasn't yeah. that good. Oh. Speaking of the demi dick. <laughs> MJF, the only one trying to save us from this, by the way. MJF, the only one going, no, I've had enough of this. I ain't fighting you again. Yeah. Everybody else is like, yeah, let's fucking fight. MJF is like, oh, you want another singles match with me? No. <laughs> Which, fuck, why Which not? Which is what he tried to fucking say before Dude, we broke the stadium fuck stampede. To be fair, MJF has already beat him twice. He's yeah. not wrong. He beat him one-on-one -on -one in that match on pay-per-view, and then he threw him off the fucking... Bouncy house. <laughs> no, no, he, no he, threw him, he threw him onto the bouncy house. That's true. Uh, then who should appear but the demi-dick himself, Chris Jericho on the Tron. Uh, he says... The, de the demi-cock. Demi-cock. He says his little sol soliloquy was great. He can brag about it all night while he's walking home. And the camera pans to reveal the inner circle are surrounding... The Pinnacle's Limo. Uh, Speaking of Stone Cold Steve Austin vests, they all are holding fucking weapons. My note. So are the Inner Circle DX this week? or <laughs> Kofi Kingston that one time? When it's, when it's the leather jackets, it's DX. When it's the vest, it's Steve Austin. Okay. There you go. When do they wear the uh, colorful, sparkly shirts? Never! <laughs> can we do a uh, can we do a top knot please just top knot for all the boys hi pony uh. <laughs> hi crotch, high crotch. <laughs> um, they beat the fuck out of the limousine and then Jake Hager gets in a forklift okay. because Jake Hager is Jake Hager and he rams into the Jericho. side of the limo Jericho having to swing the bat one-handed just looks so fucking terrible. Jericho looks terrible as it is. Uh, Hager slams into the side of the limo with the forklift, and then he lifts it and the doors fall off. Here's <laughs> what I wrote. Great, yeah, great work with the forklift, Jake. Really wiggle that limo around and then awkwardly and gently place it back on the ground. Yeah, you know what was better than this? When Brock fucking Lesnar ripped off a car door with his fucking by himself and threw it into like the front row. <laughs> and hit a kid in the crowd with it? Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was way more impressive than this shit. Uh my last note. Well that went on too long. Right? 
Holy shit! Let's spend, let's spend three minutes watching them fucking ride away on the forklift, flipping us off. Thanks. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. That was necessary. That takes us to a uh, commercial break, but when we come back... I really, what I really wanted, though, I really wanted Hager to blow the horn on the forklift, because I really think that, that they, they really could have put a button on that with a little quack quack at the end. Um, so when we come back from break, Darby Allen and Stink, once again, they tell us that one thing is next. And when we come back from break, it's a different fucking thing. It's true. Yes, because they said next was the match. Meryl versus Uno next. Yes. Oh, let's talk to Sting and Darby. But instead it's Sting and Darby. Yes. So. Sting and Darby come out, and this they is it. Come out. They were, in, they were on the. Uh, they were on the rampage set. They were on the. Yeah. So he. Remember, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page challenged Darby to find a partner that wasn't Sting. And Darby says, "Not replacing Sting. You can't replace Sting." So I'm not going to replace Sting, and I'm going to fight both of you by myself. I want a handicap match. At which point I wrote, oh, Darby's a fucking idiot, sure. Actually, I wrote basically the same thing. I was like, Darby's dumb as fuck? Yeah. What a, what, what a moron. Um, by the way, on this episode of As the World Turns, Sting tries to convince Darby that he still loves him. But Darby tells him, no, no, Sting, just go home. It hurts too much. But Darby, but why do you have to do this, Darby? Why can it can be me and you forever? No, no, just go. Just go, Sting, just go. Forever. He does tell Sting to go home, which I do appreciate. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of promos that should have been scripted... (laughs) Dude, yeah, no, you're holy right. Go home and fuck. fucking all out. So holy fuck, did that get fucking super awkward at the end? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Sting's like just holds up his fist, like, come on, do the. And Darby's like, no, I need you to go. Star Sting's still like, oh, can, can to pound it. <laughs> Dude, Sting's like, yes, I'll go home and. He's like, all right, uh, give me, you know, pound my fist. Come on, fist me. Darby's like, little water. No, still mad. You need to go home. I said I was going to go home. I no, said I'd go no. home. KT has the has the hot take per Darby. Uh, uh, go home, Dad. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> go home, Dad. I don't want to play anymore. Astro says, is Darby staying the beginning of a Hallmark movie? We're getting kind there. of. <laughs> Darby is a fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. I, You know, in a way, I kind of want to... My instant reaction is, I hope Darby gets the shit kicked out of him next week. But the problem is, I know Darby's going to get the shit kicked out of him next week. And that's going to be... And win. Yeah. (laughs) For a good 15 minutes, and then he'll get... He'll probably do one of those... um, Oh, what's the pinfall called? Where, like... The guy comes over and he's holding his your legs while he's like on top of you. It looks like a victory roll, but the opposite way because like you're behind him. You know what I'm talking about? Anal sex? 
Yeah, Darby's winning next week against two uh, fucking guys via via anal sex. <laughs> via anal, via anal sex. Um. So we talked about this last week because they were like, and Sting and Darby will have a big announcement. I'm like, oh, they're, they're, they're going to say who who Darby's tag partner is going to be. Yep. You know, I was close. I didn't realize Darby was going to be a fucking idiot. So you know how he told Sting to stay home? <laughs> I'm assuming Sting doesn't stay home and somehow cost Darby the match. And then we can get Darby really mad at his dad, and we can get Sting versus Darby at All Out. <gasps> Sal, that just gave me a headache. Uh... Then we get a really nice video package for Evil Uno. I enjoyed it. I mean, it. it... they had to do it, because it, otherwise, it... why does Uno deserve a title shot? No, absolutely. It was it. It was a very it was a very touching tribute piece. Sure. Uh, sadly, as I wrote, nice promo, Uno. Too bad you've got no chance of winning the title tonight. Right, right, right. Uh, so it, that's the other thing too. Um, they really played heavy into into Brody, into the memory of Brody with this promo package. Which look, I, I don't mind it. Um, but you're not telling me why Uno deserves a shot. <laughs> Over well, everybody Uno else in the locker the room. Uno didn't deserve the shot. John Silver deserved the shot because it was his birthday. <sighs> so then give it a hangman. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. You're going to get your shit kicked in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enter Evil Uno with the entire clan for this title match. Join us. Uh, Uno makes a couple Ch- subtle Brody Leas. Still love this. I still love the theme song. Still a mark for that. I got to buy it. Join us. Join the dark um, Whatever fucking happened to infomercial guy? <laughs> we need... What the fuck? Whatever happened to predictability, Sal? The milkman, the paperboy, the evening TV. You miss your old familiar friends, like infomercial guy, but waiting just around the back. Um... <laughs> Miro, Miro comes out. He throws the TNT title at Paul Turner. Yes. Gets in the ring and then steals it back like Paul Turner like stole his. No, belt. what the fuck? It's my belt. That's why I give it me. The bell rings and we circle. We lock up and run to a corner for a break. We lock up. Miro takes the waist, drops Uno, gets a one count and takes the head. Big body slam by Miro. He backs Uno to the ropes. Uno gets out of a body slam. By the way, can I just say right now, typing notes for this match between Uno and Miro, really fucking confusing. Fuck you. Um, I had to do it for Page and Cage in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, uh, Uno gets out of a body slam. Miro no-sells his chops. Miro gets low-bridged, which pisses him off, and Uno doesn't let him back in the ring. Uh, sadly, he gets caught, but he avoids the punch, and Miro punches the ring post. I don't know if they added that sound in post, but it was a good noise. It was See, a good noise that that made. Honestly, I don't mind if they do something like that in post, because as a viewer, it enhances my viewership. Yeah. My enjoyment and it's not, of it. And it's not obvious, like the thing. Oh, when they do time. with the ring bell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uno with a diving senton, and we return to the ring. And Miro goes to the middle rope, it gets caught in a side suplex, and we go to box. When we come back, Miro's still in control. He charges and knocks Uno from the apron to the floor. Miro looks very pleased with himself as Uno rides in pain. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So at one point, I think it was right here that Excalibur's like, or I think it was Shivani, 
you know, it's like, oh my god, look at just look at Mero's face. And he does the best Nicolas Cage psycho smiling face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, we're not we're not being we're not being shitty or stupid when we say it was Excalibur or it might have been Tony Schiavone. They're both they both just sound generic as hell. Yes, and it's hard to tell them apart sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Stu and Five run out to offer moral support, and Uno slides back in the ring at nine. Miro then leaves the ring and clotheslines Stu into the crowd. Miro chases Five off by throwing a turnbuckle cover at him, and then Uno hits a jawbreaker and some forearms. Uno. Uno with a hurricane rana, then a big clothesline in the corner, followed by another, then a big boot drops Miro. Stu has recovered and is cheering from ringside. Uh, Uno goes up top for the Swanton and gets a one count. Mm. The entire Dark Order come out to offer support. Miro's too fat to pile drive, so Uno stomps on his hands. Uh, <laughs> crossbody is caught, but he drops out. Standing switch, roll-up gets a two, and the kickout sends Miro's head into the exposed buckle for another two count. Oh! my god his head hit the exposed turnbuckle is this it could uno win the t- no nope no nope. chance another tribute R- R- no cells uh it wasn't R- even an eyebrow raise for me when his head hit the turnbuckle i was like no um also uh not an actual member of the dark order but i guess you could call it a junior member um Negative One has made his return to Dynamite. Apparently, he wasn't allowed to be on Dynamite the past few months because he hasn't been doing his work at school. He's an official member. He's Negative One. Why is he here? Why is he back on Dynamite? Moral support. Um, <laughs> forgot, I forgot that I, I wrote... Again, I wrote this last night, and I forgot that I wrote this. You really be the um, official member of the Dark Order if you're under the age of twelve. Another tribute, but Miro no sells the discus clothesline, so fuck you, Brody, and hits one of his own, and that's game over for Uno. Sadly, no tickling. The game I, over looks less effective when Miro falls to his back. Really? But the guy's knees are like bent all the way back, and his head's like that's, touching the back of his feet. That's the no, they're not. That's the way. Hey, hey, that's the way knees bend for one thing. And well, it's if just... it bent the other way, that'd be just fucking weird. <laughs> what are you, a giraffe? Um, I will uh, say this: that um, I, I appreciated Uno holding out for a couple seconds before he tapped out. Yeah, but it really it doesn't look because when you're when you're when you've got the camel clutch on the normal way, you're sitting on the dude's back and you're 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 stretching the, you're pulling the neck back. So you're, you're kind of pulling on the neck and you're bending the spine. When you fall, when you fall to your back, you're applying no pressure to the spine whatsoever, and you're kind of pulling on the head, except not. You're, it's really just a hug at that point. But we've seen a dragon sleeper applied in a similar fashion. In That's that- a different position. But it's basically the same thing. That's a that's you've got the arm over the head and you're still pulling up on the chin. You can fall on your back and still pull up on the chin. Uh, KT Miro stares down Dark Order after he lets off the game over, and the only thing I wanted is for negative one to go rogue and slap Miro <laughs> across the chest. <laughs> right there. Let's watch a Bulgarian beat up a ten year old. Um, yeah, Miro holds the belt aloft. Dark Order ten to Uno, and we go to commentary. Dark Order super so, disappointed. <laughs> so I mean, it was a it was a it was a good match, but again, 
there were there there were no stakes because there was no chance Miro was losing. Okay. I was a super huge fan of Brody Lee. I was very upset when he passed. At this point, we need to forgo any type of thought of Stu, Five, Reynolds, or Colt getting a TNT title shot. Because I don't want that. <laughs> We've already done Silver. We've already done Ten. But what if they're in the rankings? We've already done Uno. I'm not even acknowledging that. Can we be done with the Dark Order trying to get the TNT title? Because it's never going to fucking happen. Unless it's Hangman. And I don't even want that. But that's the only one that kind of makes sense. So what you're saying is, in terms of the TNT title, the Dark Order is... Never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it. Wow, 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 wow. That's how my brain works. Um, yeah, next week... This may be the dumbest thing AEW has ever announced. Next week, JR interviews Andre El Elidolo. Andrade. Yeah. But that's not what JR said last week. No, and it's not what he's going to call him next week either. Exactly. And we go to a... Well, go ahead. Yeah. We'll go to what? We go to a video about Andrade El Elidolo. Yes. It is a weird video. It is, for, any, for anybody who has not seen it, it is exactly what they did with EC3, only oh my God. only less underwear and more it's bling. So... There was underwear, though. There was, but it was less than EC3 and more jeweled out uh, we... lucha masks. It is, it is literally just a series of close-up shots like extreme close-up shots of Andrade getting dressed. Yes, with his beautiful white pinstripe suit. Which looked like a fucking Yankees baseball uniform. It did. But I digress. And then at the end, it was really kind of egregious because the guy's like, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> what are you, Nick Jackson? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> KT, goddammit. Andrade promo was shot from Charlotte's squirt cam. God damn it, KT. <laughs> uh, then, following Andrade's video, they again tell us that JR will interview him next week. Yep. How many different names does JR call Andrade that aren't Andrade? To the ring for Tony. I can't he wait until he about... calls him Manny next week on, on the interview, because that's actually a shoot name. <laughs> and you know JR. To the ring for Tony. He talks about Jungle Boy versus Omega. That's why, that's why next week is pre-taped. He talks about Jungle Boy versus Omega in two weeks. Let's talk to Kenny. <gasps> Tony talks about... Uh, oh, oh, oh. uh, 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 the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega! I miss the cleaner girls. I miss Justin's facts, too. Tony's not Justin, but you know. I had I was I was I was saving this, but it doesn't seem like the facts are coming back, so I'll use it now. Sal, did you know mm. that it, it on the outskirts of Manchester, right by the uh, right by the hooks at border, there is a street called Omega Street, mm -hmm. and given the number of houses on that street, there is 
a greater than zero chance that someone who lives on that street at one point in their life has visited North Carolina. There it is. Anybody wearing earbuds? Um, that was louder than I intended. Uh, da, 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 da. Tony talks about how the conspiracy video didn't really prove anything. Don Callis interrupts him and tells him to shut up. This is QAnon. Uh, Kenny says he can't sell the match like Jungle Boy is an actual threat. He says he sees a young Kenny Omega in Jungle Boy, and one day he may be a champion like him, but something's missing. Don says the one thing Jungle Boy is missing is guts, and this is a cue for Jungle Boy's theme song. Jungle Boy comes out, gets in the ring. Omega says he's surprised because he didn't know Jungle Boy could talk. Kenny says Jungle Boy doesn't have the guts to say whatever it is he wants him to say. Or whatever he wants to say, Kenny then says they're live on television, which they're not. Uh, Kenny says Jungle Boy has five seconds to say what he's going to say. Jungle says he talks too much. He never shuts up. Uh, yeah, Jungle Boy gets brawl. his uh, gets a spot on Botchamania. <laughs> and they brawl. Uh, Kenny takes advantage with an eye poke. Jungle Boy wants the snare trap, but the bucks run out and Jungle Boy hits the floor. Sal, mm-hmm. it is not guts that Jungle Boy is missing. Do what you is know it? what Jungle Boy? Do you know what Jungle Boy is missing? Uh, promo skills. A, a name that sounds like it could be a world champion. What about um, Jungle Jack Perry? If they were calling him Jack Perry, I'm fine with that. See, Jr. was right. He was trying to make him a main eventer a year ago. <laughs> no shit. But your AE, ladies, the AEW World's Heavyweight Champion. Jungle Boy, no. Uh, no. Your WWF champion, Mankind. Jungle Boy. Mankind. Man, he's a man. That's a boy. That's a boy right there. And goddamn, does he look like his father. Um, Your WWF champion, Kane. That's a name. That's a great champion's name, let me tell you. KT's, a, KT's stealing jokes from last week, Kenny Omega. The first time he gets a title, do you think they'll let him be a jungle man? He's a man. Jungle man. What? Sorry. My daughter's fighting my other daughter. Give me two <laughs> seconds. I will be right back. Those of you listening at home... What are the odds that Sal forgets to cut this part out? He's a man. A real jungle man. Yes. 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 This is great. This is great. It's you and me just hanging out. Relaxing. Relaxing all cool. and Shooting some b-ball outside of the pool. A couple of guys, up to no good. And I started making trouble in my neighborhood. Got in one little fight. I got scared. Said he moved me out there like a little boy. Choice did I have? None. Sal's daughter's fighting. Probably a better match than 80% of Dynamite. Uh, uh, are, they having a, are they having a strap match? Such a man. Definitely better than 100% of Raw. Absolutely. 
And um, yeah, that's why Sal can't eat pizza anymore. Oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, Kenny in Jungle Boy, Jungle Man. Jungle Man. <laughs> Uh, from there, we go to Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling. They're making money. That's that's the gist of that entire promo. When we come back, we hear from Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in response to Darby's dumbassery from earlier. Uh, they say a lot without saying much. Uh, your turn. <laughs> I'm just looking at um, a uh, notification I got about the Rundown Wrestling Network and uh, WWE Rundown has posted their episode, uh, which means that somebody mailed it in tonight. I'm kidding for any of the hosts that actually still listen. Um, and their title is still better than being the elite. That might be true. Yeah. As far as as far as the WWE Rundown is still better than being the elite, but I'm not sure if Raw is. I wouldn't know. Being the elite's not three hours long. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, I'm up. Are you sure? Because we got we. You didn't talk about the law offices of Mark Sterling. I just did. What'd you say? <laughs> They're making money. That was that's it. The, <laughs> that's the gist of the entire promo. <sighs> we are making money. She says, "Bitch," and we get paid for it. I like the the law offices of Mark Sterling. Did you call? Did you call the number and listen to the message? And what about Scorpio and Ethan? You don't listen to me at all. No, you know what? Here's, this is this is exactly what you do on NXT UK on Spot of NXT. You talk too fast, and you condense everything that happened into like three words. Scorpio and Ethan Page made some. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Why? Did, go ahead, read your note for Scorpio and Ethan Page. What did they say? When we come back from break, we hear from Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in response to Darby's dumbassery from earlier. They say a lot without saying much. <laughs> and then when I make notes on my matches and go, we get some offense, you go, oh, you really mailed it in for that recap, did you? <laughs> no, I only say that when you're obviously reading from a website. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind the nickname for Scorpio and Ethan because Paige said it twice, the men of the year. It's not bad. Scorpio did say a couple things. I thought I like my name. I like my name better. But what was yours again? Scorpio. Yeah, the sky. They're the, yeah, the sky pages. Oh, the sky page. Um, Peanuts. Beverage. I will say Scorpio Sky says that um, they told they told Darby to pick a partner, and Darby got all butthurt and whined and bitched and threw a fucking temper tantrum and couldn't even do that right. And he's not wrong. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Maybe they'll curb stomp Darby, and Darby will be out off TV for the next six months. Darby Allen, dumb as a brick. Or maybe they'll throw him down the stairs again at Daly's place. Maybe that's why he's dumb as a brick. Because he's been hit by bricks? Multiple times? I mean, probably. At some point. Uh, match number four, Lance Archer versus Chandler Hopkins. How do I know it's Chandler Hopkins? Because at the very tail end of this absolute <laughs> one-sided affair, Excalibur mentioned Chandler Hopkins trying to get some offense in. <laughs> oh, my God. 
JR with the worst reference I've ever heard come out of JR's mouth. Chandler Hopkins is getting his shit kicked in. I don't know if it was after one of the choke slams or after the, the uh, whatever, the, I've completely blanked on the name of his finisher. But uh, JR goes, something to the effect, I didn't write the exact quote down, but it was something to the effect of, I bet he wishes he was Chandler from Friends. Oof, oof. JR, I guarantee you, never watch Friends. Until but, until but like somebody, a year ago on Netflix. No. <laughs> but somebody went, hey, there's a Friends reunion in HBO Max, and HBO Max sponsored us once, so mention Friends. Oh, he used to do that on Raw, too. Please. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to recap this match. Archer storms down the ramp, grabs his opponent by the throat, shoves him down. Put, uh, let's put 15 seconds on the clock. Yep. Archer gets in the ring and sets up for the choke slam, but Hopkins escapes, goes off the ropes, and leaps with a flying. It doesn't matter. Archer swats him down. Archer hits a sky high choke slam, and then the blackout for the win. Blackout. Did I get it in 15 seconds? I did, right? I don't care. Uh, After the match, Archer storms away the same way he stormed to the ring. Just fucking pieces out with, with Jake. With Jake's just Jake. Jake, by the way, who did not move the entire three minutes this was taking place, <laughs> just stood up by the entrance like, <laughs> you know, um, okay, we're going. Thanks, thanks, Jake. Thanks for coming. Your jacket's fucking weird. Also, as Excalibur, I'm sorry, as Archer leaves, Excalibur says, the Murderhawk monster trying to rack up the wins and get back in the title picture. No. Stop it. I have seen Archer lose, what, five title matches at this point in his AEW career? I don't need to see it again. I don't. Just stop Mm -hmm. it. Unless he's going to beat up Jake, I don't even give a shit about Archer anymore. (laughs) I don't. They root. They root. No, I can't say it. (laughs) I can't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And they against, wasted against, him. Against the lots of Saturday. They wasted Archer. That's what they did. And I can't see the name of that impact paper without thinking of the Phil Collins song. So, Even though I think that's called Against the Odds. We go to the wingmen who offered to give Orange Cassidy a makeover. So Orange Cassidy goes from feuding with the champ to feuding with the help. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whichever whichever one of them was talking. Called, uh, called Orange Cassidy the worst dressed superstar or wrestler in AEW? Mm-hmm. Did you fucking see what JD Drake was wearing behind you? That was handpicked by Baloney and Avalon. <laughs> Avalon, by the way, give says a, that Cassidy has two a, options. Give me a doily. Make it a shirt. Hmm. Avalon says Cassidy has two options. Oh, by the way, did you notice that this new feud for Orange Cassidy will be the wingmen, which consists of four people, against the best friends and the alien? See? We're going to have a quadruple uh, division pretty soon. Now we're going to have four man teams. Quads. One of the quads. Quads. Perfect. Um, 
Avalon Do says you know he's... what happened to Baloney's eye? No, but it's fucking been blackened. And I don't know if somebody legit kicked him in the face or not. It probably happened on Dark. Uh, Avalon says he has two options. Either they can rearrange his wardrobe, and then Baloney cuts him off and says, or I can rearrange your face. Thanks, Sid. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Yes, they are the boop friends. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. Bow, tick, bow, tick, and bow, then, then Adam, I, I symbolically folded up my my notepad. Okay, figuratively <laughs> okay. folded it up. And and did you metaphorically fold it up? I metaphorically folded up, and I and I, you know, dusted off my hands and said that was a good episode's work because there's <laughs> only 22 minutes left, so I don't have to recap the final match. Enter Nyla Rose. Son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) No! No, 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 no! You were supposed to have to fucking do the main event. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. To your point, though, it is at this point that I went, they only have four matches this week? What the fuck? (sighs) Um, Vicky comes out with a stool for Layla Hirsch because she's short, you see. We recap Nyla throwing Big Max around, and here comes Layla. The stool says legit shorty on it. Uh, they got it from Shorty stole- G. I was just going to say, do you think they stole it from Chad Gable's gimmick? Uh, Layla throws the stool and then can't unzip her vest. She hits the ring, and Nyla beats the hell out of her. Layla counters a body slam into the cross arm breaker, but Nyla's right next to the ropes. Layla tries to knock. Uh, Layla knocks Nyla to the floor. The tope is caught, and Nyla drives Layla into the apron a few times. By the way, uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, just to, to the point from earlier, you're gonna you were complaining about Paige and Cage, Miro and Uno, Nyla and Layla. Yeah, that's true. Um, By I thought way, yes, we yes. had a discussion last week on this show about Nyla turning babyface. And as soon as I saw the stool and her making fun of Layla, I'm like, oh, nope, they're not going in that yeah. direction, not at all. Uh, Layla tries to lock on the armbar on the floor for some reason, and she gets swung into the barricade. I think Nyla broke the count, but who cares? Back in the ring, Nyla stands on Layla's face, then clotheslines her down hard, drops the knee awkwardly into her shoulder. This gets a two count. We then go to box. Half box. Mm-hmm. Typical. We return to Layla oh, we got, a we, got, uh, <laughs> we got a return to our uh, token women's spot of the night. Fifth match in, and a half box. Remember these right. to always, to always do that with Sheeta? Or, oh, I think Sheeta and Abaddon got that fucking spot at one point. Ugh. Abaddon! Okay. Uh, we return to Layla hitting a face fucker for a two count. Nyla awkwardly sends Layla to the apron. Layla climbs the ropes for a German, then gets a running knee. She moonsaults Nyla's thighs for two. And she then stomps really hard on Nyla's arm. Nyla uh, power bombs out of the arm. Once again, Layla on the top. The diving Layla recovers, however, and fights Nyla up top as JR calls her little and says she's not the biggest dog in the fight. You don't say. Layla wants a hurricane run off the top, but it's blocked. Nyla hits a power bomb and wins the match. <gasps> Caliber says Nyla picked up a victory over a ranked opponent in the top five, to which I say A, who cares? And B Layla Hirsch was in the top five? Mm, I guess. Um, was it a 
Avalanche Beast Bomb as Excalibur tried to spin it. Because JR, I, I thought, was correct. He was like, oh, it hits her with the power bomb from the from the top. And then Excalibur has to, like, fucking sneak in there and be like, Avalanche Beast Bomb wins uh, that's, for the beast. That's actually her finisher, Jim. Yeah, but she didn't um, sit out. She tried to sit out, and her legs got caught <laughs> underneath her, so... Layla's back hit before Nyla fell on her fucking ass to try to make it a sit-out powerbomb. I mean, whatever. I know. I know. Uh. Then... Elsewhere, Tony is with Brit and Rebel. Brit says that at first she was furious at Nyla for ruining her celebration, but she realized that Nyla looked good flipping those burgers, so maybe she should stick to doing that full-time. Oh, snap. Oh, shit. Um, by the way, why is he interviewing her in a stairwell? That's what, that's because what, they ran out of lo- that because they ran out of locations. Okay, so the champ gets gets the fucking stairwell. Got it. It says she's already the greatest women's champion the company has ever seen, and Nyla's just another jealous bitch. That's more money to, to Jade. Nyla needs the title because the title makes her, but Britt, she makes the title. Mm-hmm. Just like she made the division. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. In two weeks, Jungle Boy loses to Kenny Omega next Friday. Jesus, fuck, I was kidding earlier. Also, Edlo and Ross, Benoni and Cassidy, Darby Allen is an idiot, and Hager and Wardlow in a cage fight. Not a cage match, mind you. A cage fight. It's different. Uh, it's going to suck more. Also, next week, Rhodes, Rhodes and Anderson versus Marshall and Solo. Your main event is next. Are we sure this time? <clears throat> By the way, Britt Baker with the line of the night saying she would never, ever make fun of Layla Hirsch's height. I mean, how mean can you be? Bless her heart, Layla Bless Hirsch. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. I cracked up at that. It is main event time. And for all the IWC. Hey, look at that. Hangman Page is in the main event. Did you just pick your nose? No, I literally just scratched it like this. Hangman, oh, I'm sorry, Hang 10 versus Hobbs and Cage. Yeah, Shaka Bra, Kona Crush Bra. Team, Team R- Taz. Team Taz comes out and the nameplate says, Brian Cage has been FTW champion for 338 days, as if that means anything. Also, the um, the determination on when that started depends on which show Taz cut a promo on. <laughs> Right. Uh, Team Orange and Black make their way to the ring. Excalibur asks Taz, who has now joined this the commentary is Halloween. team. This is Halloween. If ev- Halloween. How's everything Halloween. going in Team Taz? And Taz says, everything's okay. To which Excalibur <laughs> responds, what a ringing endorsement. Ten comes out, and then we get a big pop for the hangman. I know, it's fake, but still. Bell rings and Hangman charges at the machine, but Cage picks him up and just drills him into the turnbuckle, a la Brock Lesnar. Cage hits a Anderson. Cage hits him with repeated shoulder blocks to the midsection. He tries to whip Hangman onto the opposite buckle, but Page reverses it and then lays in some heavy punches of his own. They counter each other's moves, attempts until Hangman hits a standing shooting star press for a quick two count. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. very nice of uh, of Hobbs and Shaw. To uh, to wait for Hangman's entrance and not just attack ten right away. True, true. Brian Cage storms back with hip toss into with a hip toss into a backbreaker. 
Cage whips Hangman off the ropes, and Ten gets a blind tag. Ten comes in and starts laying it to Cage, but Cage fights him off. Ten whips Brian Cage into the corner and then hits a running boot right to Cage's jaw. Ten whips Cage into the ropes, but Cage reverses it, and when Ten hits the ropes, Hobbs hits him in the knee, hits him with a knee to the kidney. Hobbs tags in, and they hit a double powerbomb on Ten, and this gets a two-count. Hobbs then chokes Ten against the ropes. Ten tries to come back, but Hobbs leaves him out with a kitchen sink to the midsection. And that takes us to Juan Boxley. Juan? Juan Boxley. It's like when Cena wore the mask on the house show circuit that time. Because he was fired. Yes. Remember that? Remember that time that Cena got fired and never missed one episode of TV? I know, I know a lot of, of the faithful listeners remember that and still hate it. Yep. During box, we see that Ricky Stocks and Hook make their way to ringside. Back from break, and Ten fights back with a roaring elbow. Ten crawls to the corner, but Cage turns and dashes and cracks Hangman in the mouth, and Hangman falls off the apron. Ten goes for a pump kick, but Cage avoids it. Ten avoids a clothesline, and now he gets the pump kick, sending Cage flying back into his own corner. Hobbs tags himself in and tries to knock Hangman off the apron again, but Page is ready for it this time. He ducks the swing and then forearms Hobbs in the mouth. Ten hits another pump kick and finally tags out to Hangman. Page comes in, and I I did appreciate this. He instantly returns the favor by charging at fucking Cage in the corner and booting Cage in the face. Sending the apron. Well, you gotta do it to me, I'll do it to you. Turn about his fair play, motherfucker. Hobbs fights back, and then uh, Hangman tries to jump on, on Cage from. Which I didn't understand, because he was having a fight with Hobbs, and then it, it was almost like the ADHD kicked in. <laughs> and Hangman was like, oh shit, Brian Cage, I'm gonna go jump on him. <clears throat> Uh, Cage catches Hangman, though, and sets him up for a powerbomb into the ring post, but Hangman reverses it and hits a hurricane on Cage, sending him headfirst into the fucking ring post. Hangman hits a moonsault off the top rope onto Hobbs, and this gets a two-count. That was a nice moonsault. Mm-hmm. Hangman rolls to the apron, but Hobbs meets him there before he can attempt the buckshot. He tries to suplex him in, but Hangman escapes. They go off the ropes and crisscross, and then Hobbs hits a massive flying crossbody a la Bray Wyatt. He covers, but Ten comes in to break it up. Cage runs in and hits a hurricane on Ten, kind of. Brian Cage then hits a 619 on Ten because Brian Cage is a mark for Rey Mysterio. Tiger faint kick. Even though Taz said, I guess he's dialing it up. He had flashbacks to SmackDown. He can't help himself. Well, he is sitting next to JR. While Cage celebrates, Hangman hits a pendulum clothesline, knocking Cage to the floor. Hangman ducks a clothesline, hits a discus forearm. Hangman hits a right hand and lays Hobbs out. He tags in 10, and 10 comes in and hits a huge spine buster. Much, much better than that fucking jobber's son's going to do next week. Aren't son. You know you know it's going to happen. I know, and I'm just calling it now. 10 hits a better one. Maybe Arn should adopt 10. 10 gets all <laughs> fired up. And sets up for the full Nelson, but Hobbs avoids it and sends him into the heel corner. 
Hobbs tags out to Cage, who comes in and runs to the face corner to crack Hangman in the mouth. He runs back and lays 10 out with a German suplex. Hobbs and Cage then hit a shitty high-low for a two-count. Well, Cage Cage hit the high. Yeah, I don't. I think Hobbs did not hit the low. I I, I think Hobbs forgot what he was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Because it, it also, looked like he started ten, that way late. You can tell. You can tell how long Ten has been a wrestling fan because he hit that spine buster and absolutely fired up like Triple H. Mm-hmm. He did the exact same flexor pecs and muscles and yeah <laughs> uh hook tries to come into the ring on the opposite side uh, this, of co- this of course distracts bryce remsburg uh starks then tosses cage the ftw title hobbs holds 10 so cage can hit him with the belt but cage uh turns face and launches the belt to the outside much to the surprise of taz who's like eh, it's a belt he drew down a belt. Oh, oh. Now you know how Dennis Caruso felt back in 94 when Shane Douglas did it. Oh, you don't get that reference. That makes me sad. Folks, that's what we call a deep cut. This has been Deep Cuts by Sal. <laughs> uh, Hobbs and Starks then get... I'm sorry, not Hobbs. Cage and Starks then get into a screaming match with Starks going onto the apron... And slapping the machine across the face. Hard. Like, whack! Uh, this, of course, enrages Brian Cage, so he stalks uh, a retreating Starks all the way to the back. Taz freaks out on commentary because Cage abandoned his post. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Uh, Hobbs goes for another spine buster. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Before that, Hobbs is left alone and 10 locks Hobbs in the full Nelson. Uh, but Hobbs breaks out of it. He hits, he hits a spine buster and 10 for another two count. Heyman gets tossed to the outside as Hobbs turns his focus back to 10. Hobbs goes for another spine buster, but 10 escapes. Hangman hits the butch, buck shot and 10 the pins. Butt- Hangman hits the butt shot? <laughs> Hangman hits the buck shot and 10 pins Hobbs to win the match. Astra says you're squinting. Enlarge your font, old man. Astra didn't even, wasn't even here the week that uh, you shared my notes and literally came into the Google Doc and turned it up from 11 to 16. <laughs> Why is it going to be an 11 for? What the fuck? I can read it. So. So. I... I enjoy, so Stark slaps Haas Cage, rather, and Cage chases him off. I enjoyed Stark's running away from Cage while also frantically pointing at his neck. Yes. Gotta break back, back, back. Yes, that was good shit. I enjoyed that. Um, I will say this. I don't, okay. I have a little bit of a problem because you can't do a payoff with Starks and Cage because he needs fucking neck surgery or he's going to rehab it fine even if he rehabs it how the fuck do you keep cage's hands off of starks for the next two months do you know what i mean like starks is like like this is diesel and sean territory at this point now we're like 
Starks has done this too many times. Not not hit him necessarily, but just like piss, piss Cage off. You know what I mean? Cage got to get his hands on him. But how's he going to do that if he's got a broken freaking neck? I can't wait for all seven matches in the series of Cage versus Hobbs. <clears throat> oh, that's the other thing. I thought Ten and Hobbs looked good in this match. Other yeah. than the high-low, other than the high-low, yeah. they both brought it more than I've seen them bring it. Especially on Dynamite. I don't know what they're doing on Dark, but... I like Ten. Ten has... Ten is is a talented performer. But Hobbs hasn't been to this point. He's been very green, and I thought tonight he was better. Okay. Also, of course, I love singing Hangman. Brian Cage is impressive. He does many, many things. Like surprised that he he can do, like a tiger fan kick. Um, and he didn't even hit it that bad. It was much better than that time Cesaro tried to do it. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <sighs> also, also, um, what did you? Okay, personally, I think this. Friday Night Dynamite was better than last week. I know that's not saying much. It's true. But at least for matches, it felt more fast-paced. Like, did you write Did you write this cage match review? Hmm. 4.0, an improvement compared to the previous episode, but that's not really an achievement. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts overall? Um, yeah. Again... It's it's a Friday Night Dynamite. It's a pre-taped Friday Night Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And so nothing really happens. Uh, I mean, yes. Was there anything consequential? Not necessarily. Like, even the thing that they promised to pay off last week. They paid it off this week, and it was like, okay, that, that was kind of dumb, so let's never mention it again. Well, I was going to say both things, because they also said that Darby would pick a partner. I mean, they did. Next week, Darby unveils his partner, which is apparently... Well, all, his... they said was, all they said was Darby and Sting have an announcement. Last week, they announced a lot of announcements. They're engaged. No, <laughs> no. Seven, no. my baby. Okay. So, I would like to take a moment... Um. And I thought this was interesting. I found this on Reddit. Sorry. 4.0, better than last week, but I really wanted this to end from about the Omega promo onwards. Okay. Can I read a review? Yes. Okay. I found this on Reddit, which is a dangerous place. It's true. And it was on Squared Circle. And typically the AEW stands have been obnoxious and unbearable on on Squared Circle. But this one I found interesting. It said... Firstly, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm a huge AEW fan. I'm 38, so I've been fortunate to live through and experience in real time the best eras John? in wrestling. It's not John? <clears throat> no, because he's much more positive than John would have ever been. He says, WWE completely turned me off to the point where I was just watching the quarterly NXT takeovers. Sean? No. <laughs> Uh, AEW has completely revitalized my interest, and I adore the company uh, as a um, and something. And it gives me something I've been missing since WCW. 
But lately, some slightly dodgy elements have crept in, and I've found some segments pretty unenjoyable. Does anyone else find the whole Nightmare Factory storyline a turnoff? Also, no. if, also, it feels like putting unexperienced trainees on an A-show is hurting the product and turning casual fans away. There has to be a reason why the numbers drop so massively when NXT switch nights. I don't mind the QT Marshall heel turn, but all the greats in wrestling spend time in developmental slash territories slash NXT before moving to TV, and that entire storyline is filled with people who do not belong on TV yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather see more of Best Friends, Proud and Powerful, Lance Archer, etc. Yeah. You know, the actual talent that they signed when this company first launched. What the fuck? I haven't seen Santino and Ortiz in anything meaningful since the parking lot brawl with the best friends. Yeah, I know FDR they were in blood and guts, but that was more focused around Jericho and MJF. FDR actually kind of called him out for that in the in the in their in their bit of the Pinnacle promo this week, talking yeah. about how it's it's been two years and you guys have never been champions, never fought for the titles, oh, oh, but because you you're too busy being Jericho's lackey. Whose fault is that? It's not their fault. They're being booked like that. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting because it seems like even some of the stands, the diehard stands, are kind of like, what the fuck with this product? <laughs> and And that's the thing. I don't disagree with that. Fucking people who have less than... 200 matches in their career should probably not be on TV. Or we'll say less than 100, I guess, right? Less than 100 matches. like, And you know how many people who had less than 100 matches have been on TV just this week alone? <laughs> I mean, what's Jade had? Like four? Two? Three? Well, depending on how many times she's been on Dark, she may be in double digits by this point. Mm -hmm. I doubt it. It's been often. Uh, do you agree with that, by the way, that, um, putting these, uh, rookies, for lack of a better term, on your TV is hurting your product? Yeah, I mean, we, and we, we've, we've, we've talked about that, how you just, you just mentioned it with Will Hobbs, how, you know, there, there are times when he still looks really green and, you know, red velvet, uh, uh, What's her nuts who got added to the Varsity Blondes? Oh, uh, Julie Hart. Uh, Julia Hart, sorry. Yeah, Julia Hart, Jade Cargill. These these are rookies, basically. But, and, but you know what's even worse is somebody like Anthony Agogo. Like I, I and I I respect his past, but Anthony Agogo can't wrestle. Not yet. He's he's greener than Hobbs ever was on TV. That was a good frog. That was a good frog splash. But um, eh. yeah, and so it 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 will even by association drag your product down because at some point someone's going to go dynamite that show with all the fucking rookies who can't wrestle. So that's the thing. I feel like we were all swerved because when when AEW first launched, we were told Kenny, who, by the way, hasn't wrestled in, you know, 
Kenny gives us a decent to good match every three months at this point. And rumor is he's hurt. Then why why does he still have the belt then? Because he's Kenny Omega. Okay. But he's not going to get unhurt if he still has the belt. He's not going to magically heal while he's, you know. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that's the logic. <sighs> to the, we, built this, to, we built this whole fucking storyline. We can't take the title off him now. For all the shit that I give the Bucks, at least the Bucks are fucking wrestling every week. Not enjoyably. But Kenny that. was supposed to be the guy. Kenny was supposed to be the best wrestler in the world. He was supposed to be putting on these these uh what was it best bout he's the best bout machine right that's that's the gimmick I've seen him have a handful of really good matches in AEW and not many in 2021 mm-hmm. That's a problem sure. especially in that sh- that shit fucking triple world champ Sure um, but no, yeah, like I said, when this company started, we were supposed to get, you know, Santana and Ortiz featured. We were supposed to get Sammy Guevara featured. We, was, we we were promised a lot of things, and the more people that they sign, and the more time rookies get on TV, the less we get of those other people. Right. But also, they keep signing castoffs. Christian. Oh, yeah. Mark Henry. Big Show. Andrade. They are they are WCW 3.0 at this point. But some of the cast-offs make sense. Andrade is 31 years old. Sure, no, no. But Alistair Black, that- if he signs, that's, that's a pretty good get. Tommy End. Tommy End. But... I would not have paid Christian at this point. But still, we talked about we talked about this when um, when when Christian came in. How at this point, yes, since that point, they have announced their second show, mm-hmm. and they have, have. I don't remember if they added this second dark since then or not. But it's still at a point where you've got two hours of television a week. Fuck dark. Not TV, it's fucking YouTube. Nobody cares. You've got two hours of TV a week. And you are still actively bringing people in mm-hmm. to say, hey, we got this guy. Hey, we got this guy, you know. Hey, we got that. We don't got anywhere to fucking put him. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But I have I have read multiple stories this week that there are negotiations with Tommy End and that there are negotiations with Braun Strowman. And to which I say, where the fuck are you going to put them? <sighs> and and like I, you said, the people they've already put pen to paper to, and I'm not even talking about Big Show Mark Henry, because I don't have to deal with them every week, but I do have to deal with Sting yeah. and Matt Hardy. Sting too, for sure. Matt fucking Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Bring in bring in Tommy End, because I guarantee you, they will do Tommy End the way that Tommy End should be done, which was never done on the main roster of WWE. That's fair. Fuck Braun Strowman. Fuck Braun Strowman. Honestly. Don't give a shit if I ever see Adam Sherr on my TV ever again. It's true. And just... All right. 
One of the first matches... Casey, that's that, a good point. Casey says, Christian is still a good buy, just maybe more as a coach-producer than on screen. Exactly. It, except they didn't bring him in in that role. And if you're going to bring him in in the role he's in now, give him a fucking story. Christian is fighting randos. <sighs> and they, 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 they almost did? With I, Team Taz? I'm going to come... No, I'm going to come in and I'm going to get that title. But first I have to prove myself. Right. Versus fucking Anahelico and fucking Matt Seidel and Matt Hardy should have been off screen five years ago. Yes. No, it's true. Yes. And yeah, that's the thing. I don't mind if he has a first match against Kazarian. Yeah, sure. You want to prove yourself. And then he should have been going through the elite. Fuck. I mean, what are we doing here? Why have Christian here if he's here to fight guys that barely make it on the show as it is? Like in Helico, I, I love in Helico, but let's be honest here. Yeah. And Helico's star power. You'd be like, in Helico. Is that the guy that teams up with Penta? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly your point. At this point, Christian is at a, Christian is just, oh, he just he beat another guy who's never on TV except to lose to Christian. And it doesn't accomplish anything. There's nothing about any of these matches that make me go. Yeah, Christian could be a world champion in AEW. Oh, they're awful, too, because it's the same formula. And I, I was joking, but I'm dead serious. Like, Christian takes a beating for 10 minutes, hits the, the, the second rope, you know, back elbow, and then the kill switch. It's Darby if Darby was 40 years older. <laughs> <laughs> and what do we accomplish with Lance Archer this week? Dude. Getting a fucking... Uh, 52 second match against Chandler Hopkins. Lance, what is what does that accomplish? The whole Lance Archer thing upsets me more than most of the situations in AW because I understand when you brought Lance in, he was a big deal. He had his match with Cody. Fine, whatever. We can move on from that. Then he lost to Mox. Fine. You briefly brought up his new Japan history with Moxley. It was a decent two-week, three-week feud, whatever. Fine. And then he just keeps losing, but yet he keeps getting madder. And every single time he loses, he's like, oh, Lance Archer's not playing anymore. And they've completely, <laughs> completely forgotten the Sting thing. You remember that? When he started a, uh, a fight with Sting? Also, Jake, I was always a big fan of Jake Roberts, but he is useless at this point. He doesn't add anything to the character. He doesn't add anything to the promos, which is what he was supposed to be there for. What's the point? Yeah, Lance Lance came out and interrupted Sting promos to say, hey, I'm not getting any TV time. Sting agreed with him. And then we just fucking moved on to Lance and Miro and Sting and Scorpio. And Darby and Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Astro says, any positives? Um, um, okay. Again, yeah, so, Miro is turning that corner. We took a little bit to get there, but I enjoy his his psycho-smiling killer character now. <laughs> um, he's yeah, a little bit Rusev. It is what it is. Like, he started that match with Uno putting his hands up like this, like, like what Rusev used to do. 
I'm a little bit Rusev. Yeah. Um, and that match again, that the Miro versus Evil Uno was a good match. Except again, there were no stakes because we knew there was no chance that Uno was when, walking away with a victory. Okay, this is going to sound weird, but I think you'll understand where I'm coming from with this. When when um, John Silver fought Darby, I felt there was a chance. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I mean, that's probably me being dumb, but I really did feel there was a chance. No, yeah, absolutely. John Silver was red fucking hot. His parents were in the crowd. Like, and Darby and Darby had the belt for more than a month at that point. Yep. Miro's had the belt for barely a month at this point. Yeah, month and a half. When give or take. When uh, Darby defends defended against ten, I was like, no, that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. And then this thing with Miro and Uno, like if it was, if they did Miro and Stu, it Although, actually might have been a little bit more believable. <laughs> Darby versus ten. There were a couple of moments that I bet in that. Mm, but it's in 10. This, there were there were in this match at no point did i go oh uno's got it here like it, you said even the even the headshot in the turnbuckle i was like oh, oh okay. no i didn't even flinch if they did stew because you've seen how stew fights and how he's portrayed like would that have been a little bit more believable because uno i hate to say it uno's been kind of a goofball as far I as mean, betrayal maybe but again Miro is still new enough with this title that you're like, well, they're not going to take him off him yet. No. No. Um, okay, but I will say Miro, Miro's been a positive, especially recently. Um, I love seeing Pac, but they don't they don't really do anything with oh, him. Pac is great. Pac, Pac is, is fantastic. Always... He's great to watch. The reason that the triple threat was my match of the night at Double or Nothing. Was because of Pac. Was, was mostly Pac and Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the other thing. We go... Cassidy, I don't really need him in the world title picture, but we're putting him against the fucking... Uh, what are they called? Wingmen? And that's, that's going to be like... Remember when Penta was fighting with Cody and it lasted two weeks? That's going to be this Orange Cassidy and, um, and Wingman. Yeah, what the fuck feud. happened to Alex Abrantes? Dude, they, that's the thing with AEW. Sometimes they do long-term storytelling. Story sometimes they do long-term storytelling. And sometimes they just fucking drop shit and never talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah. Astro says, I love how you took Sal's positive moment and dragged it through the mud of negativity. Here's another Here's another positive moment. Britt Baker. On a Britt Baker. Space bit. Oh, absolutely. Continues to be entertaining. And funny mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just amazing when she gets mic time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Britt Baker's great. I I have Astro. I have nothing negative to say about Britt Baker. D M D. Including we talked about it last week when they her yelling yelling at Tony Schiavone for not being able to pick up a burger. Just pick it up. What are you doing? I don't know why I didn't like make the connection, but when she said, um, you know, last week I saw you, I, I was going to, I was really mad, but then I thought, Hey, you look pretty good flipping burgers. I, I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, you're such a fucking sick burn. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. To the news this week. It has, this, week, this episode, of, you remember last week's episode of Dynamite had like a four or something. This week has a 6.9. Uh, 
a bit high for me. I'd be closer to five, probably. Five point one, five point two. But definitely, I'd say definitely better than last week at least. Sure. Um. All right. First on the block here. <laughs> Turns out, Cody Cody ain't the only Rhodes boy who's kind of a dick. Um. D- Dustin Rhodes received some backlash on Twitter after asking fans what they thought of his bull rope match against Nick Camarado. Uh, one fan seemed upset that Rhodes won the match and didn't put Camarado over, saying, quote, it was unnecessary and you should have lost. You have a Billy Jack Haynes-Bruiser Brody hybrid, and you, have, and you have him getting beat in a match he should have dominated. If you were as passionate as you claim, you should have put him over. Rhodes responded by telling the fan to go back to his mom's basement. Uh, quote, he is a better wrestler after being in the ring. That is why your opinion specifically doesn't matter. Your mom wants you back in the basement. Hashtag basement dweller. What a dick. After another fan tweeted that the match could have been better and Camarado needs some wins, Rhodes said that being in the ring with him was a win for Camarado. Quote, he did win. He was in a match with me. Everybody that works me becomes better. Uh, another fan asked what the reasoning for his win was. Rhodes told him to pay attention. Quote, pay attention to product. Unquote. Dustin Rhodes is a fucking dick. Well, I think Dustin thought that, um, you know, his stands would come to his defense and be like, oh, that was the greatest Bill Rope match ever. Like, he probably put that out there to try to get praise. Right. And instead, everybody's like, why did that main event and why did you win? <laughs> I liked, I like Sean's point. Uh, which kind of makes which which makes sense when you think about it. It's the, he called it it's the Saturday night, Saturday night main event booking, where you put the you put the important stuff on first because it's ten o'clock, and then by the time midnight rolls around, throw out the fucking bull rope match. Sure, but I, I, every I guess. but he was he did win. He was in a match with me. Everybody that works me becomes better. Okay, Triple H. <laughs> That's that's exactly something that you would expect from him. Probably ten years ago too, not even now. Yeah, I don't look. I I understand that Dustin's been doing this for a long, long time, and he knows how to do this. I never ever debated that, but that's some Matt Hardy character fucking bullshit right there, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's something I expect from Big Money Matt as a character, not Dustin shooting from the hip. Can we just have them go to the carnival and win? Well, they are carnies, so. that You know, that game where you throw the baseball at the milk bottles and he can win a big stuffed animal and we can call him Big Monkey Matt. Can we just do that, please? <laughs> This is where my brain goes at 12.39 at night. Uh, speaking of uh, Rhodes bullshit that we don't have to pay attention to, AEW EVP and wrestler Cody Rhodes is working on a new media project, but it's not the reality show. Remember that? That's probably still a thing. <laughs> Cody announced on his community texting platform, which I either which I which I either canceled or they just stopped including me in the text, um, that he's launching a new podcast called the Everything But Wrestling Podcast. What a stupid fucking name. According to Cody, the podcast will be him talking with family, friends, and colleagues about various topics not related to wrestling, including Star Wars, Star Trek, and more, saying, quote, Excited to announce a little passion project I'm working on, the Everything But Wrestling Podcast. I speak with friends, family, colleagues about everything. 
The first season of episodes features Star Wars fandom versus Star Trek fandom. B and M V Intamin. No idea what the fuck that is. Uh, Potter Houses. Assuming that's Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Sparkly Poo, whatever. Uh, the Office. And a few more fun subjects coming this summer. Sal, aren't you excited for Cody's new podcast? Uh, What's it called again? The Everything But Wrestling Podcast. Everything to wrestle with. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Yes, exactly. Nothing, nothing to wrestle nothing, with Cody Rhodes. Nothing to wrestle with Cody Rhodes. All right, so... Um, <sighs> Troy seemed to think that this was a sham and that they were absolutely be talking about wrestling on this podcast. I'm going the other way with that. I'm thinking Cody is trying to save his image a little bit um, so that he's going to try to be the everyman. He's going to talk about like things like Star Wars and Star Trek and Harry Potter and like I I need to Google B and M V Intamin. Because I have no fucking idea what that is. P and M space V space Intamin. Oh, versus. Okay, so it's versus. B and M versus Intamin. Theme Park Insider. Why wouldn't you put versus? It's a it's it's a fucking roller coaster debate. Who has the better roller coasters, B and M or Intamin? Fuck's sake. So, I mean, good for Cody. I'm sure he likes talking about these things. I mean, if you like something, you should make a podcast about it. Who cares? Well, I mean, dude, you got to look at it like this, though. In the past 12 months... Everybody has a podcast. You don't want to be left out in the cold, do you? <laughs> Look at you turning my own words against me. <laughs> I've been, did I mention I'm betrayed? Um, I can't read my notes. There's a cat ass in my way. Um, yeah, but why, it's, why don't to me, why don't why don't you type of cat owners? Because I'm grouping you in together with other people I know. Why don't you pick up the cat and move him? He'll just come back. And also, <laughs> and also, he's fluffy. I know he's fluffy, which makes he's it difficult fluffy. for you to read your notes. Fluffy. Um, yeah, to me, this is just Cody trying to remain relevant. Pretty much. And being like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be off TV because uh, you know, I'm having a baby that's going to cure race relations in America. Uh, so I need uh, you, you still want to hear my voice, right? You still want to you still want to hear me talk, right? But not about wrestling because you know nobody likes wrestling. So uh, what if we talked about you know something something? What if we talk about like you know maybe we could talk about roller coasters or Harry Potter? You kids like Harry Potter, right? You guys like Harry Potter. We could talk about Harry Potter or or, or Star Wars. Is that a thing you like? You like Star Wars and, and Star Star Trek? Is that is Star Trek still a thing? Brandy is Star Trek still a thing? They, she says Star Trek is still a thing. So we could uh, talk about that and maybe uh, maybe uh, 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 the Office. You kids like the Office, right? Uh, also, season one apparently already recorded and just sitting on a fucking drive somewhere, just waiting to be posted when his fucking paternity leave starts. Which is weird. Um, okay, here's something that I don't typically uh, give Jericho credit for. Okay, so bear with me. 
Um, but originally, when Jericho came out with his podcast, I enjoyed it. Right? Originally. Originally. And one of the things that he, he started to do with his podcast is of he would branch out from wrestling. He would talk to... Um, Sometimes he would just talk to his friends about fucking metal music, and I kind of enjoyed those because I I enjoy metal music. So like he would have like a thing like called classic album debates, and like that was kind of fun. And I didn't mind those episodes; those were actually pretty good. But he didn't come out and say, "I'm going to have a podcast about everything but wrestling, and we're going to talk about music." No, he just like like why does Cody feel the need to describe his format? And and give examples such as Star Trek versus Star Wars, like again, because he's already he's already recorded the episodes. But why not like, just be like, hey, I'm going to have a podcast and we'll talk about general shit, like because he's desperate for attention. It really screams that. It really screams that he like. I've always said it. Love me. I've said it. Love me for two years now. I'm the son of a son of a plumber. Love he would me. do anything. He would cut out his own eyeball. To be revered like his father was. And it will never happen because that was a different time and his father was a different man. And his father is a million times more talented and charismatic and uh, humble. Well, let's be honest here, though. And I I love Dusty to death, but Dusty also booked things (laughs) later on in WCW and, you know, that made Dusty look good. So. No, see, my son, my son is going to win the U.S. title. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, he definitely, you know, Dusty did a much better job of hiding it. But Dusty (laughs) fucking had some backstage politics himself. Um, Cody's just blatant about it. Cody's just like, let's talk about me. (laughs) I cured race relations because I fucked a black chick. Uh, all right. Could have said married good... and impregnated. I mean, I'm just saying, but go ahead. <laughs> so you're saying they didn't fuck? <laughs> saying that's not all they did. Uh, with Cody trying to claim it as a Christ baby, I would not be surprised. Um, <laughs> all right, to the good news this week. We always try to end when we can find them with uh, with some, some uplifting, some positive stories from the week. I have two this week, Sal. <gasps> two. It's a miracle. Uh, the first one, uh, related to the company we're talking about, the other one not so much, but the first one, uh, former WB broadcaster, uh, Renee Paquette, and former AEW World Heavyweight Champion, uh, John Moxley, announced the birth of, uh, their daughter earlier, uh, this week, so it was today or yesterday, it was very, very recently, anyway, um, saying, quote, uh, Renee tweeted, quote, baby girl is officially here, so I'm checking out and becoming a mom. Uh, she's absolutely incredible. Smiling face with three hearts emoji. Uh, I have a bunch of guest hosts lined up for you guys, and I started with one none other than my baby daddy, cool dude husband John Moxley. Check it here. On on which uh, John Moxley hosted the, the the oral sessions and just took a bunch of fan questions and told this wove a, a fantastic yarn about how he came how he became the Teddy Master. Um, if you haven't listened, it's it's quite enjoyable. But um, yeah, congratulations to uh, to Renee and to uh, to John on the birth of their of their daughter. Uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the club. Uh, we wish them nothing but uh, nothing but the best. 
What's the name? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe they sold the rights to People. Didn't People Magazine Moxley. Didn't Troy mention that they had named her before she was born? Didn't he say that it was the same name as his daughter? I honestly don't remember. Was it, uh, was there a Lily in there? I don't even. Hold on. Baby girl is officially here, so I'm checking out and becoming a mom. She's yeah, absolutely incredible. I have a bunch of guests. Just said uh, that. Let's see here. I could have sworn they, they might have named it. Maybe. Wait. Oh, Mox doesn't tweet out anything. No. <laughs> Uh, check it out here. Uh, let's see. No, he hasn't tweeted out. He tweeted out something like a couple weeks ago, but nothing in regards to that. And yes, that was yesterday morning that 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 was tweeted. Yeah. So. Uh. Well, I'm. Uh, yeah. So I can't confirm the name just yet. But um. Yeah, I thought it was Nora, to be honest with you. But I might be uh, confusing that with someone else. Yes? No? Do you remember hearing that story? Vaguely. Okay. Uh, Who cares? Um, The name of the child is not really the important part here. No, it's Uh, not. The fact that it has has, uh, emerged. Into the world. Everyone is healthy and happy. and uh, Good on you. Good on them. Uh, Congratulations to them. Absolutely. Other piece of good news this week. A man took to Facebook to reveal, uh, to, to share a picture of a of a customer at his daughter's uh, lemonade stand, uh, buying himself a, a refreshing beverage in this in this summer heat, writing, quote, Attention pro wrestling fans, so Ari decided she wanted to make extra money to buy an iPhone and has been doing lemonade stands for herself, and you never knew, even, yeah, you never know who will randomly show up and buy some lemonade. The uh, individual purchasing lemonade, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins buying lemonade from a lemonade stand. This little girl trying to make money to buy an iPhone. Um, very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. So, so there we go. Uh, that's all I got for this week. You got anything? Uh, no. I I did a truck. I did attempt to find some stuff, but you no know, truck. Um. Uh, yeah. So um, next Saturday, uh, Katie says I think it was Nora. They had her name picked before her birth. It was named. Yes, I feel like she was named after named after someone. Um, next Saturday, the twenty sixth, APW in Newbury. Um, tickets selling fast if they haven't already sold out. Going to be a great show if you want to come. Uh, AtlanticProWrestling.com. Uh, and then July 9th, which is a Friday. Which I need to remember to get off. Uh, Lucky Pro returning outdoors in Hudson under the uh, under the pavilion there. Um, again, tickets also might be sold out for that as well. But again, the Lucky Pro finally making its return with a show called Reignited. Going to be a great fucking show. Going to be a great night um, at the Hudson Concord Oats Lodge in Hudson, Massachusetts. Um, LuckyProWrestling.com for more information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Things are things are kicking back into swing. I've got no, I'm fully vaccinated at this point. I've had my two shots. I've had my two weeks. 
I still I still sometimes wear a mask depending on how I'm feeling. But if I don't wear the mask in the grocery store, I carry it with me so people know I'm not an asshole. Mm-hmm. But okay, couple things real quick. Um, this week on the rundown on our feed. This week on the this week on the rundown. Marty Janetti. Yes, a very special interview with the rocker himself, Marty Janetti. Troy and Ginger interviewed him. They did a phenomenal job. I have, I'm telling, I've already listened to it, and I think it's it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Patreon's had it for a couple weeks. Couple couple of weeks. Hit the main feed point, on Monday. It is, it is now live on the main feed. You can also go to uh, rundownwrestling.com. Uh, Troy has posted in uh, the the audio and also the uh, the video. If you want to watch uh, a recording of the Zoom call, um, so now in a strange twist of fate, it's it's sorry it's it's it's, it's funny though because based on based on what led to this interview happening, mm-hmm. the what did Marty Jannetty say this time segments on on the rundown? Yes, the interview itself is uh, is is very cohesive. Yes, and, and, uh, and quite and quite enjoyable. Quite enjoyable, exactly. Now, I'm not saying that copy and paste dirt sheets listen to the rundown, but I mean it is interesting that. Some news on The Rocker came out today. Former WWE star Mario Gennetti noted on Facebook that he recently had surgery to repair his ankles. Here are two posts that were submitted by Gennetti. Uh, and by the way, Marty does talk about that, about the surgery on his ankles, on the interview with The Rundown, not on some random copy-paste dirt sheet sites, just to say. Uh, Marty's post reads, Definitely miss or being his, in the ring. Facebook uh, Marty posts, definitely miss being in the ring, and when the new ankles heal, who knows? But teaching and training the new kids is just as good to me, as is getting paid just to talk lately. Hmm. Cameo. Uh, keep keep the podcast what? offers coming. I enjoy doing them. So we got Marty at a perfect time, apparently. There you go, man. Marty's blowing up. Second thing, I would like to thank the people at WWE for the positives on me lately, such as this article and HBK uh, biography on A&E. It will certainly help me clean up the mess I've made for the past 15 years, trying to self-medicate for pain and at at times deep, dark depression that I didn't even tell my brother about. But my ankles are fixed, and the old Marginetti no longer exists. Now older, much wiser, and more determined than ever, you may not believe this new Marginetti is the same person as the last one. Honestly, I I never expected to come out of that interview with a, with a changed opinion about Marty Jannetty, but I kind of have right. a changed opinion. He's not yeah. look. Yeah. He's a guy who battled pain, a you know pain med addiction. Um, sure. Obviously, battled demons and stuff like that and depression. Fuck. Look, we've all been there. Okay. Some of That's us are weird. still there. So. We will never talk shit about a guy trying to turn his life around. Yeah, especially if, somebody if, who's dealing with mental health problems. So, yeah, yeah. If, if 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 Marty is is dedicated to this new pursuit, we should nothing but the best in the world, and 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 hope that he, uh, you know, gets the help that he needs, if yeah. it be it from WWE or from, you know, anywhere else, and that he that he you know is able to 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 make those right steps and and 
you know, get things uh, get things back on track because it has because as he said, it has been. Call it a train wreck. Yeah. For the last uh, for the last little bit there. But but the surprising thing is is when when he when he sat down with with Troy and and Ginger, he was not the county I was expecting him to be. Yeah. He didn't yeah. rush through them. He didn't he didn't you know time it out to thirty minutes exactly. He right. It was it wasn't a guy answering answering a Zoom call to to. To make a buck, right? It was it was a conversation. Yeah, Marty M- Marty controlled most of that conversation, which and is led fine. most of that conversation, which is fine and is very entertaining. But it it wasn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel like Marty was just like yeah I got to talk to these fucks, but they gave no. Me we we've that. seen people, especially older people, and I'm looking at you, honky tonk man, that <laughs> that do these interviews or they do these shoot interviews, and they're like, okay, pay me first. You get thirty minutes. All right, don't ask me about this, 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 or this. Right. And then right. I talk, and then I'll let you know when I'm done. And then don't ever call me again. Like that's typically how these things go because people from the me, business are shitbags, especially the older generation. Give me the money. Here's the script. Yep. These are the questions you ask. These are the stories I tell, and we're done. Yeah. I can guarantee you. For anybody who's wondering, Marty did not do that with Troy and Ginger. Definitely not. Definitely no, not. No. Definitely and it was not. very entertaining. So, yeah. Very entertaining. That is on the feed. You may have already listened to it by this point, but like I said, the video is also available on uh, on the Rundown website. Um, it's uh, as a YouTube, uh, as an embedded YouTube video, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a great way to spend what is it, an hour and hour, an hour and a half fifteen. Hour and like that. It's a great way yep. to spend uh, some time. So, all right, that uh, is going to wrap up week eighty six of the AEW Rundown. Uh, as always, be safe, stay sane, be kind. Be good to one another. Um, yeah, I did my plugs already. You did your plugs already. So, um, Bostanger. Bye-bye. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling 
And you can also follow our host, Adam, on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.